and welcome to Rebel FM, Cowabunga Edition. I am Anthony Gallegos. <laughs> Did you say that because you can't remember which number it is? Oh, well, I said because A, I can't remember which number it is, and B, because my fingers are taped together to, as to mimic yes, turtle he, hands. Yes, he's taped together his index and his middle finger and his pinky and his ring finger. Um, so that he has three fingers like These are the things I do while turtles. Arthur makes the podcast sound okay. Let me ask you guys this. When you were growing up and, and the Teenage Mutant Turtles fab was going on, uh, you know how you like you sit around and eat pizza with your friends and you'd like say, hey, I'm, I'm this turtle or I'm that turtle? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there used to be this kid I used to hang out with who just hated being Raphael for whatever reason. And we just make fun of him because we give him the Raphael name. And he would just cry. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was weird. I, he sounds like a Raphael already, though, because he sounds yeah. like a whiny bitch. <laughs> Just something I'll never forget in my life. I like Raphael. Um, I was a Michelangelo right. guy. So that's Jim Riley from hey. IGN. He's re- making a return appearance. Got to be on. Yep. And uh, with me is also Arthur Gies. It's episode 69. Uh, Dude. That, well, in that case. And Tyler, yeah. Tyler, you know, the Tyler Barber. The hey. Barber of Tyler's. Should we have just skipped episode 69? Like, no. skip episode 13, skip episode 69? Dude, no way. Just 69 the is the ultimate special. episode. And that's Matt Chandranay. Yeah, that's me. Us. Sorry. Matt Shenandranay. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Shenanigans. Shenanigans. <laughs> Causing shenanigans. I played video games. <laughs> you I did. I played games. What did you play, Anthony? I played Dark Star 1, which people wanted me to talk about last week, but I could not because it was embargoed, which is the weirdest thing. Because it's just a port of the. It's a very high-profile game. I know. I, well, well, there are a lot of people that really wanted to know if that game was good because they probably enjoyed the PC one in 2006 when it came out. But the problem with that game is that basically nothing has changed. Hmm. It is like a. Did you play the PC when, one? Yeah, and when that game came out in 2006 on PC, it already did kind of feel like a 2004 game. Like right. it already felt kind of dated, right? And now it feels really dated, especially to be charging fifty dollars for it. Fifty mm. bucks. Fifty I'm bucks. Surpri- that's the thing that surprises me about the game. Wow. Not that it exists, but that they released it at retail. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a you know it's a twenty dollar download for PC. Is it really? Yeah, like if you just want to get it on PC, it's twenty bucks. Wow. It's a fifty dollar Xbox Three Sixty game. It has more than a few bugs, which only occurred occasionally. But the biggest problem with that game is just that. Well, first off, you know, if you don't know what it is, it's basically a uh, a space flight game mm-hmm. you can but it really boils down to be more of a space combat game mm. even though you can do stuff like pick up cargo containers and trade them the majority of the missions all boil down to either going into an area and shooting a bunch of people or protecting someone from being shot and sh- by shooting, shooting a bunch, bunch of people, people. yeah, yeah it's, it's very <laughs> much a space combat game the crux of what makes it kind of cool and unique is that you have like a lot of customization on your ship mm. like uh, your ship can integrate these artifacts that you find throughout the star systems and as you integrate them, your ship actually physically changes. So, like, the wings will expand if you put it in the wings. So oh, you can cool. kind of customize the outfit of your ship, and then eventually you can be like, like, I wanted to go all offensive, so I put a bunch of my wings to give me a ton of forward-mounted weapons. Um, but, uh, you know, the biggest problem with it is just that you there are, like, over 50 star systems, or, like, no, way more than that. There's, like, 100 or something mm-hmm. in each one of those. So the game takes like takes like thirty hours if you play the storyline to completion. It's really long. Wow! But every star system you go into, out of like the hundred or more that are there, mm-hmm. every single one will always have like a trade station, some cops around it, and maybe like a couple <laughs> pirates out in the distance. They're all exactly they're the same. all exactly yeah. the same, and you can always go up to them. You can always land on the trade station. You know, it's just is it? It's just like the only thing different is like the picture of the alien that's going right. to talk to you. So they don't have, like, any factions or anything like that? No, I mean, there are factions, right? But I'm saying the the picture of the alien changes. Right. But, but that's about it. Yeah, and maybe the aesthetic of this trade station, like, one might look bug-like while another one looks all, like, 
like human empire metallic. Right, but, but it's yeah, it's just a coat of paint. Right, it is, and and the whole game drags on for like thirty hours when really the story could be condensed down to like five. Like if they just wanted to make it like a really tight story experience, mm-hmm. which I think would have that game would have benefited from a lot. Mm-hmm. The storyline's really cliched though too. I mean, it's like it is basically a retelling of Star Wars movies. How, <laughs> but I mean, how much of that? That length was you trying to survive places without knowing a particular wrinkle in the game. So part no, it's, so the beginning part, I'll admit, there was some stuff that I didn't quite understand, and that held me back. But eventually, the reason it still takes that long is just because later star systems, you can only reach them. Like you'll reach a point where the game will tell you you can only get proceed with the story by getting a, a new hyperspace drive that will let you go X far. Mm. And to get that, your ship has to be, like, this level. You mm-hmm. know, like, to get there, you would have to, like, kind of grind some experience and get money to upgrade your ship and go and find those artifacts to bring the level of your ship up. So you do have to do a bit of grinding. Right. Uh, it is almost like a space RPG in that way. It's just right. that it's, like, so repetitive. I don't know. But not repetitive enough that where you cannot pay attention either, mm-hmm. which is something like in an MMO. You know, like how you get into that grind, but at the same time, it doesn't require you to, like, focus all your attention, and like, because every fight comes down to a dire thing. Right. Like, in this one, you really do need to be paying attention, because if mm-hmm. you're not, like, in a dogfight, like, a group of pirates can kill you if you're not, like, if you were just not paying attention. So. It sounds like one of those games that, like, I would pick up thinking, like, oh, man, I'm a space trader action sim and I would get into it, and I would be really disappointed after a while because it would be really repetitive. And right. I mean, it's the same it thing that happened me. with that. Like, I bet you a lot of people that listen to the show and stuff have fond memories of that freelancer game for yeah. PC. Yeah, absolutely. That was another one that was like a great, like, oh, I'm trading cargo and flying yeah. through space. And then, like, four hours into freelancer, you realized, doing the same shit. Yeah. There's no point to this game. Yeah. And you kind of stop playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it is really cool because there aren't a lot of games that do that. And there really haven't been that many that have done it well. No, and but especially not recently. It's sort of a dead genre. It, it is. is I know. Ever since Homeworld, uh, I just haven't played any space game. Yeah. I kind of yeah. love Homeworld. It yeah. was awesome. Well, Homeworld's a different... Homeworld's yeah, an RTS, yeah. 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 A very difficult but he just RTS. Saying, he's just saying space games in general. But yeah, space games in general. People don't really do them. But especially like space combat games. We haven't really yeah. had any since like the Descent Free Space games or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. It just, this, watching Anthony play this reminded me of my my favorite PlayStation games, which were the Colony, Colony Wars Colony Wars, right. Yeah, see, mm. I'd never played that either. Me either. And, oh, man. Everyone says they were fantastic. Just yeah. that mu- that association is enough to make me want to play this game. Mm. That was a, uh, a Cygnosis game? It was a Cygnosis yeah. game. Right. That and G Police. I think that if someone could find this game for cheap or buy it like the twenty dollars it on PC, it's totally worth playing. Mm. Even, we'll until, even until you just get bored with it, mm-hmm. like because it is fun for a while. Like if you get into the idea of like trading and smuggling, you can do that too. You can like look at a system and be like, ah, they don't allow cows there. I'm gonna get some cows on my ship and <laughs> smuggle them in. You can do that if you want. You know, well, stop, stop me if I brought this up before on the podcast. But have I talked about Escape Velocity? No. It's, uh, it's, it sounds it, so familiar. It might be. And, like, you know, if somebody out there might be like, Matt's already talked about this. Yeah, Tell well, him to fuck shut that up. Guy. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, fuck him. Seriously. Seriously yeah. Oh, my God. Guy. No, the, it was a game that came out for, uh, for the Mac in, like, the, the late 90s. Oh. And then they released, uh, some, a couple updates and, and Escape Velocity 2 and stuff. I think, like, the last version that they released was, like, 2001 or something like that. But it was so awesome because it was like uh, you you would jump from one star system to another, and they were all kind of custom made with plants. It was all top down two D overhead, hmm. and uh, but you could do things like you you, know, you started out with just a little tiny shuttlecraft, 
and uh, you could trade things. And you know, if you paid attention to places that had high demand, you know, you could buy low and sell high. Right. And you could do things like. Uh, get massive capital ships. You could take over oh. other ships, send your crew to them, and then you could have like your own fleet following I you see, around. That sounds like Sid Meier's Pirates almost in a way or something. Almost, yeah. Almost like that, yeah. And then it had like factions and these, and it had like uh, two or three possible endings. So if you could start it out and play it and if you, if you picked up a random quest in the middle of the game and like chose it one way or another, then you'd end up like uh, allied with another faction. So that game already <laughs> sounds far more interesting yeah. than the game. I've and if, and like, I keep, th- I keep wanting somebody to make like a full 3d, like space combat sim, but have the overall structure of escape velocity. Me too. And nobody ever does convince it. people to buy that Basically, kind of game. Yeah, I know. Like dark star one felt a lot like, an X-Wing game with way too much downtime in between missions. (laughs) Like, you know, having to, like, someone would tell you, okay, now the next story mission's over in this star system. Mm -hmm. And to get there, because you only have a five light year drive, you're going to have to jump to this system, then to this system, then to this system, Mm -hmm. then to this system. And you have to actually manually do all that. So it's just like, you know, I would rather the game just be like, now you're in this mission. You know, it would almost be better if it was not open, just a story-driven game. Wasn't there rumors of a new X-Wing game? Coming on something? Are there rumors of a new X-Wing game? Like all the time. Year? I know. Same <laughs> reason. I seem to recall reading something. Basically, like that. I hated Dark Star yeah. 1 because it wasn't X-Wing. Right. <laughs> there was a trench run. There's there actually, a trench run in it. There's a, uh, a good article by Kat Bailey on uh, Jeremy Parrish's site, I think, that like where she talks about like the death of this genre and like kind of goes through the history of all these games and you know where she would like she would like that to come back and that kind of stuff. So. I'm sure if you Google it, you can find it. But it was a good article. It was all about this topic. Um, besides that, I've been playing a bunch of Death Spank. Has anyone else been playing that? Yes. I, I, I really like it. Me too. At first, And at first, I really wasn't sure because I started playing it, and the combat was really kind of hard for me to get used to. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to say it. Watching you play makes it look awful. It's really fun, though. Like, the, not fun at all. The writing, is, <laughs> the writing in it, first off. Yeah. It's like just what you expect out of someone that worked, you know, out of... Ron totally. Gilbert, who did okay. Monkey Island and whatnot. Yeah. And I, I totally had some laugh-out-loud moments. I actually have two, which is very rare for me, even in those games, you know? Yeah. I mean, mostly it elicits, elicits a smile, but not a laugh. Yeah. But uh, the combat at first was really what put me off, because it's like left trigger to lock on, right trigger to block, and your block only lasts a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And you can't... You have to, like, release block and then attack, and then you have to constantly be cycling your attacks to do a lot of damage, whether mm-hmm. you're hitting with the X or the Y button. But if and you block at the right moment, then you get that perfect instant block. special attack. Yeah. yeah, so it's just like it was the timing of it that was really screwing me up. Having mm-hmm. to think about that, especially if you're fighting more than one guy at a time, mm-hmm. it got really difficult. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a rhythm game that was really hard for me to get used to for a long time. But now I've gotten used to it. Yeah. But at first, that game was just like, yeah, it's like Arthur would come in and I'd just be like, and I run into battle and I die. That was it. <laughs> like, no, it's a it's the kind of thing where like in the beginning I was just like you know mashing right square running button. up and hitting and yeah. just mashing the attack yeah. button and yeah. then it's like but then like I gradually got used to the way that the combat works and like I'm at the point now where I can do a block and get a perfect block which instantly fills my special and then I have like those you know you you get those runes that allow you to combine your special attacks right I love that I still haven't figured that out yet oh though. it's so cool I have a well it's like. You have one, and it, and it says, like, equip a flame weapon, and then uh, equip and a sword. And a cleaver or something. Uh, yeah, and then it'll say, like, equip a, a sword that has the spin special, and then if you use both... <laughs> Jesus, Arthur. <laughs> totally sounds like you're, like, taking a piss over there. That was sort of the point. <laughs> and then it allows you to do, like, a flaming spin. Yeah, exactly. And it and it and la- I think it lasts longer, and it 
you, you spin around and like has this giant like flame whirlwind around you, and you're also like tossing flame blades out even further while you're doing it. And uh, it's, so it's like I would do that and then use my special and then get attacked by somebody else, fill up my special instantly, then do it again. And like it just gets the combat gets really smart, chaos and nuts, and yeah, it's so much fun. And I think I'm also having an easier time now because they really don't make it so you have to do all the side quests. But because I have, I'm much higher level than you need to be. Then I need to be, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's become easier, which is nice in a way. Yeah. And so many things about that game are just smart for the genre. It is, you know, it's just like the ability to go into your inventory, and if there's items you don't want, you don't have to go back to town to sell them. You can grind them right there. You grind, grind them into them gold. Into yeah. gold right there in your inventory <laughs> just to get rid of it all so you're never running out of bag space. Yeah, there's never, there's no selling in, well, there's buying in this game, but there's no selling. And it instantly tells you, like, if an item you have in your inventory is, is what you should be wearing yep. instead of what you are wearing. Yeah, it even has, like, a little option that you can click for automatically wear best armor. Right. And it's I'm really not sure cool. how I feel about that. I like it. I really like it because, like, I can walk in and, like, I'll just pick up something, and then I don't have to go into the inventory because I actually think the inventory screen is a little bit hard to navigate and hard to move around. It's it's almost like it was designed for a mouse interface, so there's a whole lot of like using the D-pad or the or the thumbstick to like, all right, go four squares over, click this, go four squares over, click that. You know? Is it out on PC? I don't know. Um, I know it is coming out on PC. I don't know if it's out right now. But uh, the only reason that the <coughs> equip best armor works. Mm-hmm. Is because it's not a game where there's a bunch of stats where it could confuse the best armor with something that you're like, I would never do that. No. Because you don't have to worry about strength, stamina, or anything like that. It's right. pretty much just health and attack damage. Those are the right. only two stats. And every time an armor level, if if you have a level 11 piece of armor and a level 12 piece of armor, the level 12 is always, always going to be better. Yeah. And there's no like suit combinations or anything like that. I mean, it'll have things that are meant to go together, like the the Pharaoh suit or whatever. And if you put on all the Pharaoh stuff, then he has like this kind of cool looking outfit. But that'll only be level ten. So if you pick up a level twelve piece of armor, then you automatically want to put that on. Right. I mean, it, it basically isn't like wow, where there are so many stats that a piece can modify that you ever have to debate over it. It's right. always in automatic yep. choice. You already know what is better at any yep. given time. Have you played co-op yet? I really want to play I co-op. I haven't, although I heard all it is is that basically if Arthur and I were to play co-op, Arthur would play as a second death spank in my game, not his own death spank. Right. Just like a... A, a very limited death spank. Right. There would, mm. There'd be no point. At the end of the game, that character would cease to exist. It would just be so that Arthur could play along with me. Right. Nothing more to it. It wasn't uh. like we could both progress our campaign or anything like that. And that, that bums me right. out. I mean, if there was actual real co-op, I'd be much more interested in, the, in this game, like... That was the thing that was missing from Torchlight that sort of killed Torchlight's legs was the mm-hmm. lack of any co-op. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the game, I mean, I'm probably already about halfway through. It's not super long, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But it it's just a really fun game. And it has, and I really like the way it's done where it's like whenever you're walking on the world, it's like almost like you're in a really tiny sphere. Yeah, like it's rolling constantly over. constantly ro- yeah. rotating with you. Yeah. And then all the art, all the background art, the trees in the houses all pop up like pop-up book style. Right. I, it's really cool. How much is it? I think it's I think it's fifteen. Am I right? I think so. Fifteen is the new ten. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like every game point out now. On yeah, it's fifteen. Bucks. And it really, uh, I and think it, keep paying it. So. I think it's totally worth fifteen bucks because like I've I've played probably eight or nine hours of that game, and I'm I've I would say I've got a. It looks to me on the map anyway, given like how much of the map I revealed, it looks like I've got a good six hours to go. Yeah, I've, I'm only I'm like five hours in, and I've, I've only revealed like half the map. I've yeah. heard that that game is not that long. Like there's, you don't have much left to go if you played it's, for about six hours. Uh, well, that's if you've never done any, if you didn't do any of the side quests. I've been doing like every side quest. 
I've just heard on other podcasts that it, yeah. there's not much left to go. Maybe, well, maybe there's a lot of the world you can do outside of after you finish the game too. I don't know. I don't I, for me, so. for me, the writing is just what makes that <laughs> game worth it. Great. I mean, the dialogue is just really good, and the voice acting is really silly. Mm-hmm. It, it is exactly <laughs> what I expected out yep. of this game, and it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I've also been playing some Gravity Crash. Did you ever play that, Matt? No. What's that? Gravity Crash is a PSN game that came out a long time ago. It's uh-huh. like a, two, a two-stick shooter, but it actually go with the name it involved Gravity. So mm. like it was almost it had like a, it was like a twin-stick shooter in a way, but also combined with uh, like you know the old lunar lander type physics, mm-hmm. where you'd have to manage your fuel and you're also like. Got, like you know, letting inertia carry your ship. Mm-hmm. Also, cool. You know, because if you touch rocks, any of the any of the environment, you die. If you hit enemies, wow. you die. Wow. So, uh, is this the game that kind of looks like a uh, Geometry Wars meets ev- Everyday Shooter? Right. It's the, the 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 art is very much Geometry Wars. Okay. Cool. Like you know, very bright lines. Yeah. Very yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm playing it on PSP because it just came out on PSP for ten bucks, and it's it's fun. It's a little repetitive as well. How does like, it how does it work as a dual stick shooter on PSP? So yeah, so there are different controls you can do with the PSP when I'm playing. If you can play on one where there's like it's gravity and your ship always shoots in the direction that it's boosting, mm-hmm. then there's one where the analog stick moves you, and the deep the the other two are the analog stick moves you and the D pad fires in the directions. Gotcha. So you can D pad or face buttons. Fight face face buttons. Face sorry. buttons. Yeah. Yeah, and you can fire like in diagonals by holding two buttons. You know. Right. Um. The uh, did you ever play? Um, oh crap! Now I'm gonna. I mean, it doesn't quite work as good as like yeah. I. Ima- it's like the same way. I haven't played Everyday Shooter on PSP, but right. I imagine they probably do it the same way, where the face buttons kind of shoot in directions or something. You, you know that that PSN game that takes place on a on a sphere. You're like on the outside of a sphere, and it was yeah. Stardust. Uh, Stardust. Stardust. Yes. HD, yeah. Thank you. Super Stardust. Uh, yeah. The did you ever the PSP version of that was really good actually. Right. And w- how did they do that? Where you? Shot? It was the same thing where you could use the face buttons, but it. it you know how, like, when you have a dual-stick shooter, you tend to, like, wiggle the gun stick so that you sort of make a spray? It would right. do that automatically. Oh, this one does it automatically, too. I was yeah. wondering, yeah, it doesn't shoot straight ahead every time. It yeah, kind of it scatters it. the shots. Yeah, it's you. a really good way to do that. Yeah, I mean, it works. It functions. It still makes me wish that I had a second analog stick. <laughs> yeah. Like, naturally, I'm just like, ah. Yeah. But uh, it's it's fun. I mean, you know, you play these things, and it's not just, like, Jeremy Torres where you're trying to survive. In this game, you very much have goals. It's like, go and kill all the generators for this. And then take on this boss. Oh, cool! Go to college, find a job. <laughs> yeah, it, it gives you goals. So it, that's a little fun game I've been playing. Two point five children. And then uh, I feel like there was better, happier, more. Productive. I feel like there was something else I've been playing that I can't think of. Am I wrong on this, Arthur? I feel like there's something else I've been playing. Lately. Yes, Arthur, the keeper of Anthony's schedule. <laughs> No, he's just he sees me playing games. Uh, I mean, I yesterday <laughs> instead of playing ODST, which we were gonna do, we watched The Departed. Uh, well, that's a good movie. Never seen that before? I had never movie. seen it. So it was, Did you like it? It was it was good. It was very very good. I've never seen it either. Has some of my favorite people. <laughs> Fucker. Man, that, that movie really gets better the more you watch it. I like Mark Wahlberg mm. a lot, and I like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, they're, both, they're both awesome in that movie. And Alec yeah. Baldwin is good. Every it's got such a great ensemble cast, mm-hmm. like um, Alec Baldwin, Martin Sheen. Mm. Yeah, even Jack though Nicholson. they play like unimportant characters mm-hmm. in the scheme of things, well, they're right. still important, but they're not main characters, and they're right. still so right. good. In it. They're supporting. Characters. Yes. Um, but yeah, I guess that's it. I thought I had been playing a lot more games recently, <laughs> but uh, you know, nothing much. I finally tried Advance Wars for the first time. That was fun. Oh, nice. But nothing mind blowing. I think I played it for like twenty minutes and then put in Viva Pinata. So <laughs> I'm predictable. <laughs> uh, 
about next. that? How about that downtime? <laughs> I, usually, you're the one that says, "So such and such." Why don't you talk about what you've been playing? Yeah, go ahead. While well, I try and think, uh, Jim. All right, Jimbo. <clears throat> so the last time I was on this podcast, Jim. I had telling had, looks uh, do not translate to the podcast. <laughs> I, was, I was playing Red Dead Redemption, and I finally beat that. You hundred percented Red Dead. Hundred percent Red Dead. Holy Jeez. shit! Oh, it's not that. It's not that hard actually. Compared to, compared to compared to like GTA game, it's actually not that difficult. Did you hundred percent crack down as well? Uh, I just got all the agility orbs and cracked down too. And That's said, pretty much all you need. And then I said, "I'm done with this game." I'm, you know. Yeah. That's still a lot. That's 500 orbs you found. It's no Sam Claiborne excursion to be sure. Uh, but he's also writing a guide. Jim had Jim was not writing a guide. Jim was just. I was the first this. one in the office to do it. I beat Will Tuttle and Brudvig, who were also playing it. I think for review. <laughs> to be fair, Will Tuttle was in- interrupted by the birth of two children. I don't even right. think he was interrupted. He was like, "I had babies. Cool. Back to orbs." <laughs> I beat Lance Armstrong in this race. Well, Lance. Lance Armstrong developed cancer, sir. I didn't give it to him. Exactly. <laughs> Did you guys already talk about Crackdown 2 before? Yeah, if you yeah, have something talked to say about, about it, yeah, I, uh, I mean, I have nothing really else to add other than I sure. still think it should have been a $60 retail game. It should have been a $15, $20 download. Which is uh, why it's good that you didn't pay $60. That's why it's good it. I didn't pay for it. <laughs> Pretty um, much the consensus, yeah. Uh, but I've also now, I've, and this is, you know, I've, I've played so many old games now, I'm starting to get into Uncharted 2. Nice. Um, you should definitely save that for the next segment then. Okay. Um, Next segment is how we're spending our summer vacations, and that definitely. Counts. All right, then I will not talk about Uncharted two yet. Um, <laughs> Do you like it? Um, it's the best looking, most disappointing game I've played. Huh. All right. So uh, that's a teaser for the next. You know what? Fuck it. Talk about it. All right. Tell us about Uncharted two. I just feel like the pacing of this game is so bad. It, it, it every time okay. you, get, you get into a gun situation, they just keep throwing so many guys at you, and it's just not. It gets to the point where it's not fun anymore. Like, there's one. There's one part. Where they have like five or six sniper dudes like all above like aiming down at you, and then they send three or four guys with shotguns after you, and it just like keeps coming and it just never stops, and uh, it just like it, there's never get better games. <laughs> I've already beaten you're it twice. Al- you're not alone in Tyler. Oh, you've already stopped. beaten it twice. I'm, I'm going to get all the trophies. I'm going. I'm going through again on on crushing, um, oh, which I also oh. hate because you have to beat the game twice to get the hardest difficulty. Oh well, you can start on hard, but wow. you can't unlock the hardest difficulty after wow. beating it once. But um, that's kind of annoying. Uh, I, I just like there's never a good pacing of like breathing room and then action. It's just like you'll play a whole chapter of you just killing dudes and hmm. it just drags on and drags on. And I don't know. I actually uh, feel like the pacing in Uncharted 2 is pretty good. I, I still feel like the gun combat in the Uncharted the game gun, is not the, the, It's good. not fun to shoot a gun in that game. Um, and the whole game is like that. I just, which is uh, why I thought it was great that they added the melee combat because breaking a dude's neck in that game is super satisfying. <laughs> what, what I don't like about that is like when you, when you do a. Uh, finishing move or, or whatever and you punch some dude like there'll be points where you're after you kill a guy you can't just run away like, he'll be like in an in in like, animation and you get shot like on the it's true and, it does, and it does hurt you right yeah because most games like if you're doing like a like in gears of war you're, you're doing, invincible yeah you're invisible so um i don't know it's it's awesome like it's probably the best looking game i've played today like, in my life but uh it's just like the textures are amazing but uh, i just never I don't know. It's just too much. Too much guys to kill. I killed like three thousand dudes in the in the two times I played through it. It's just like so insane. A genocide. Um, and then you, fight, you fight the angry Smurfs near the end, and that gets yeah. It, and yeah, the ending of that game, the end boss is laughable, just like the first one was. So um, yeah, yeah I mean, the, the end boss is silly. I, I when you're done, time. All right, and what, what I do like about the game is I think every chapter in the game just keeps blowing you away with new. Uh, set, pieces. set pe- yeah, set pieces or just like moments in the game, which just like is how can this get, keep getting better? And it does. Uh, it has the best characterization I've seen in the mm-hmm. game. It has period. that definitely. But uh, yeah. Oh well, I just remembered the game that I really wanted to talk about because you know it is a new game was Dark Spore, 
which I didn't get to talk mm. about last week. Um, yeah. Was it dark? It was, it, was, it was the darkest Spore I've ever seen. <laughs> I think Spore Hero actually is a game already. Its sequel is Evil Poop. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just basically a, a Diablo clone for people that haven't heard about it. I mean, wow. And I mean that not in a derogatory way. That's a great... Did it actually it, look good? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a... Uh, it has a very World of Warcraft art style to it, in <laughs> my mind. Um, but it, lo- it looks... Like Diablo, the way it plays, you have a mana bar on one side, a health bar on the other. Mm-hmm. They don't call it mana, but they might as well. Right. Um, they brought in a dude that, magic, magic. that designs the magic system for Magic the Gathering. Uh-huh. And so in this game, you have you can switch between three characters at any time, kind of like Trine. Um, oh, cool. Except you build the loadout you want to have. Mm-hmm. And each and each of those is a is either like a mage, a rogue, or a warrior. Mm-hmm. And then each of them also will have... You know, you collect them kind of like Pokemon as you unlock more heroes. Mm. And they'll be like, and they will either be one of those three classes, and then they'll be one of the five games, five colors as well, mm. which are like five elemental types like plasma. But really, you can just think of them as like blue, red, mm-hmm. orange. And mm-hmm. it's like if a blue guy is fighting blue enemies, you won't do as much damage. So it, it's kind of like Diablo, where it's still like a, you know, click around, murder things, use special abilities, except at any given time, you're having to switch characters on the fly to make sure that, like, you can actually do damage. Right. It, it's almost like Ikaruga in that sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, black bullets can't hurt black things. Right. White bullets can't hurt white things. So in this, you have to kind of switch to make sure that you have the right character for the job at any given time. Oh, that's crazy. It's it's persistently online, though. That was one thing I thought was, like, weird and both understandable. I mean, there's they say there's no monthly fee at this mm-hmm. point. Um, you know, it's a, you buy it once, and they haven't said how many accounts they're going to let you tie to one, whether mm-hmm. it's just one to one mm-hmm. or not. Um yeah, so your characters are persistently online, or there's an you online have, world? You, you are on, yeah, you're you are online to play this game, right? Because it's just like World of Warcraft, where you're, if you were to go and install the game at my house, you mm-hmm. can still play your characters because they're stored server side. You mm-hmm. have to log in to play them. Um, that's I just I don't think that's weird at all. I mean, it's anti piracy exactly. Basically, that's what it is. Out. It's just yeah, it just comes down to uh, you know. Uh, what, how many accounts they're going to be have logged so into one? But the other part of it was uh, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Like people have had a hell of a time hacking World of Warcraft. No, you you can you can totally play on uh, fake Warcraft on servers. fake Warcraft like, servers, black side servers, or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, it's not the same. Like it's still hard for that to happen, and it's it's not yeah. the same as like downloading a torrent and then cracking it. Right, no, and that's this totally is, true. this is also totally different true. in the sense because unlike Diablo, there are very clear levels in mm-hmm. this. So when you get together, that's the big thing. Is they it's also persistently online because they want you to play with other people. The game's mm-hmm. meant to be played cooperatively. Mm-hmm. When you play cooperatively, better loot will drop. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, what do you mean different than Diablo? Diablo doesn't have like like you entered zones. No, Diablo had acts one uh, through five. Oh yeah, but I guess expansion. I guess this one is like you load into a level and then at the very end you load out of the level. Yeah, you, you know. Did then Diablo. Did you, like, at the end of an mm-hmm. act, it would go to, like, a... You would go to mm-hmm. the next level. Right. You would go yeah. to the next level, but you wouldn't go into a stat screen and stuff like this. Like, it ends. Like, this is like you go back out to a lobby, and everyone can just leave at that point. So it's like an instance? Yeah. A lobbied instance? Exactly. It's just a bunch of... it. You do instances of the levels you want to play together, or, or if you're just playing through a campaign together. So like Fantasy Star or something. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and so the, way, the way it works at the end is that you can choose to move on to another level if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll show you, like, right now you have a... 8% chance to get a rare item. But mm-hmm. if you play through the next level, <laughs> you'll have a 12% chance to get a rare item. Oh, man. Yeah, and so you can either roll on they it manipulate and manipulate you. But if you die, you lose all your chance. Right. Like, 
So, <laughs> how do you think that's gonna do, Anthony? I don't know because it, it, one of the things I think really like they call it dark spore, like it's tied into spore. Mm-hmm. But the spore part of it, they've really kind of killed in a lot of ways. Like the creature creator, you can't make like a flying penis like uh-huh. warrior. Everything has like a preset body shape. A warrior is always gonna look like a big burly guy. Mm-hmm. You know, a rogue's always gonna look like a little lithe guy. You can change. You can use the creature creator to manipulate like how big some of their parts are. Like you can mm-hmm. give them big hands and stuff like that. Except for the wang. But but you can't. It isn't like the real creature creator where you could create like Pac-Man and all right. kinds of stuff, you know. Um, and I think a lot of that's going to kind of be lost. You can still use the creature creator to make enemies, and then the community can vote on enemies that they would like to see in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, yeah, I think that I think the 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 lack of more creature creator stuff could hurt I'm the sc- game longer. Yeah, I am skeptical that there's going to be a big enough community to make that whole thing worthwhile yeah at this point i feel like the only company that can make this kind of game and find the wide scale success that all these companies want is blizzard yeah i mean just look at the way the first thing i think of is diablo not only that but as you say that arthur a bunch of these people are like oh this game comes out next like march they're like well i guess if it comes out before diablo i'd play it but if it comes out anywhere near diablo no thank you Mm. yeah Yeah, there's there's going to be very little interest about this game like a lot of streamlined uh, RTSs have come out over the last two years and like lots of hardcore RTSs have come out over the last two years and none of them have been particularly large successes like to the point where arguably the best company of heroes has struggled to approach profitability. I mean they're, they're trying to make a free to play version right. of their game just to and make money. When, the, mm-hmm. when you're trying to do a free to play version of the game that was retail you know that they they're like okay we are out of ideas yeah. like, give it away like hopefully we can do something with it but right. Meanwhile, they're talking about how many millions of units StarCraft Two is going to sell. Oh, mm-hmm. it's probably already sold millions of units right. just in pre-orders. Like sure. my ass that bought the collector's edition this week. Right. Well, how much was it? A hundred dollars. But is it there is, any reason it is to a good. What's in it? It's got a hundred and seventy-four page art book. Right. Uh, and it's a big box, so I'm assuming that the art book is large. Right. Right. Uh, it's gonna be like this big when you get it. Oh, I'm gonna be so sad. <laughs> it, it will comes... go back if it's not huge. <laughs> uh, it comes with a USB stick with StarCraft and Brood War on it. Okay, that's good. Sold. It comes with a making of DVD. It comes with a soundtrack CD. It I mean, comes with a a pet for WoW, which is a little that's miniature be Thor. A, a big deal. <laughs> this thing on it's eBay. Gonna be a big deal. Yeah, a lot that's going to be yeah. huge on eBay. Like every fucking Blizzard collector's edition. Uh, and also, your units are are individualized in a particular way. But just uh, the in multiplayer. I don't mm-hmm. care about any of that. Just I want the, the art book, book the right. st- and the Starcraft and Brood War alone, pretty much combined with the game value, already equals the hundred bucks. It's not like a lot of them where you're like, oh. I actually went online like two or three days ago last night. And, uh, last, two or three days ago last night, I went online <laughs> and uh, I went to the uh, Starcraft wiki and reread the story to get caught up. Did to you get see the most up. recent trailer? No, I didn't. Oh my god! I, I have a couple of friends. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, who did, and they were like, man, it's false advertising. Like, oh, no, I did. The, most the, of that stuff's the, blur, like, the blur trailer, right? No, actually, most of that's in-engine stuff. No, it's just that the uh, game makes it look like a badass action game, and then it's an RTS. It's just right. that a lot of these people are like, I wish StarCraft wasn't an RTS game. I mean, there, give it like a month, and there will be people making non-RTS games with that. Yeah, like, that did, did you see that thing on that post on Kotaku yesterday that was like all of the, the mods that people have already mm-hmm. made? Right, I mean, that's what I'm excited for, honestly. Yeah. Like, like I, someone made a car I, racer. Yeah. I want to play through Blizzard. It looks kind of weak. But I want to play did. through the Blizzard design story, mm-hmm. and yeah. then after that, I want to play mods. Like I yeah. don't really have that much interest in the competitive multiplayer, just because I know I'm not. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna suck at it. Yeah, yeah, way out of my. It element. is way out of my league. Yeah, you'll, you'll get that. on. It's like they're they're they've spent a whole because t- I have a, a friend that works at Blizzard. And I know they've spent like a whole ton of time working on their player matchmaking. 
to make you know all their Battle.net stuff and all that really tight and cohesive and make it so that you you know you're not going to be matched up against uh, a you know a star korean player <laughs> it just bothers me when i can't feel like i'm pretty good at a game and i've never felt like i can be good at starcraft because i'm just not good yeah. at like i'm not good at fighting games you because were seven I can't, years too late because i can't yeah. remember uh, yeah i'm not good at fighting games because i can't remember button combos very well have you ever and starcraft have, i have to remember button combos too and i just can't mm-hmm. do it have you ever seen like the how they talk about in, in the korean starcraft <laughs> leagues? like yeah I yeah. watched videos online of actions per minute, and yeah. these guys can move their like fingers with purpose. Yeah. Wow, really? With purpose, they can yeah. move yeah. their fingers with purpose faster than I can move my fingers just trying in the yeah. air. Yeah, yeah. They play StarCraft faster than I type. Yes, yeah. it is insane. And it's like you you see them like you know kind of like from behind them like an over the shoulder shot, and their hands are flying on the keyboard, and the screen it's is moving. Dancing. It's dancing. It's wow. moving so fast. It looks like they're just spazzing out, making it up, but they're yeah. not. Yeah, That's exactly. The funny part. Right. So <laughs> where this was all going was that they're just like. They're the only company that seems willing to put the time and effort into making something that feels current, but still harkens back to the like the sort of classic PC lineage that they're that yeah. they're rooted in. Not just that, yeah. but they've set the standard for like what an RTS like that is. They've set the standard for what a Diablo game like is. That yeah. now every other company that tries to make they it, set the standard for it's just, MMOs. It's, yep. it's just yeah. going to be compared to their game. Like they yeah. set the standard for PC gaming. Like essentially, they they yeah. they are all the, the biggest most genres. successful well, what, PC developer. Right. Well, what somebody what somebody needs to do, and I have no idea what this formula would be, but the uh, the only thing that could supplant the Blizzard MMO machine right now would be if somebody made a an MMO that appealed to the Wii audience. You know, I mean, something that's like really casual that a lot of people could get into because WoW is still too complicated for I the mean, majority uh, of people out there. With Darkspire, you know, the thing that disappointed a lot of people when they were reading it was was just that they felt like, you know, this is Maxis taking a totally different direction for them. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people were like, Maxis should have just stuck with what they do best. I mean, Maxis is one of the most famed PC developers as well. It's true. I mean, they made The Sims originally. Mm-hmm. They made SimCity. Mm-hmm. You know, they've made these fantastic games. I think when people heard a new Maxis game was coming, they're like, awesome, a new Sim something. Yeah, yeah. And instead they got Darkspore, which right. maybe it'll be fun. I'm not ruling that out. Right. But they just didn't expect something that would be compared to Diablo. They expected something that would would be like ah yes a maxis game and this is not I would that. actually really like to play a new sim city <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I totally would so i mean maybe they just wonder if there's an audience for that anymore i don't know like cuz they've been making the sims EDA for so long now right i mean maxis hasn't been making the sims either for a while yeah. you know that's i want a new sim tower sims team yeah i love sim tower that was sim, a game sim ant yeah sim tower and sim ant i mean i remember sim cool. ant but i don't remember sim tower sim tower was fun too <laughs> Uh, you so had yeah. to build like different floors and like put in like movie theaters and I don't know it was cool. Jim, was there anything else you yeah. were playing other uh, than Red Dead and Uncharted Two? No, that's about it. Do you have anything else that can infuriate the PS3 fans that listen to this podcast? What was the last game you uh, you <laughs> like platinumed? Um, I think it was get all, get all the achievements in. Uh, yeah, or all the trophies. Um, you got Modern Warfare not that long. Yeah, ago. I think the the last one I got was Infamous. Mm. Yeah, that's I, I, 100%ing. I have never 100%ed the achievements in any game. I have on one. Well, what, what I'll do is. Unless you include indie games. I never get ones that are like multiplayer based. So, like, yeah. I've, it has a multiplayer achievements. I never do it. Yeah. And you just don't count them. Um, yeah. <laughs> or, uh, but, um, like, I'll get like 100% like a Red Dead. Like, yeah. I won't do all, I won't get all the achievements in that game because there's just sure. so many of them that are insane. Um, um, but no, I, I like to I like to get the most out of a game. Like if there's a challenge out there, like hey, you know, you can try and get this, and I'll, I'll do it. But um, what's squeeze your, uh, all the joy you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your gamer score? Do you know? Oh, it's not it's not that high. It's it's a little over ten thousand. Right. Uh, which I don't think is, is that high. Um, but yeah, I I don't I don't get 
I try to get them for every game. Right. But that, like Transformers, I think I stopped. I'm like six, six or seven away from getting all the achievements. I, did, the, I didn't do any, any of the multiplayer, multiplayer ones, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really OCD about getting like shooting all the the icons in the in the. <laughs> Man, those are fucking hard to find. Some of them are pretty tough. Yeah, they are. Yeah, uh, I, I like, I kind of like it though. It's kind of fun to do. Gives me something to do for a little while. Right, that's what achievements are supposed to be for. Yep. But ones that are like, oh, you have to um, flip your car five times, uh, you know, like in GTA or something. Like I'm not, I'm not doing that. Or do, do a combo. <laughs> Uh, you know, for that seems less like an achievement, more like an accident. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I, I like the, the achievement Red Dead where you have to tie up a, a, a girl and put her on the tracks and have her get hit by a train. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. <laughs> you look like the character in the old Western movie that would do that, Jim. <laughs> uh, Jim to me looks like the type of guy that would be working at the bar that I would get into a gunfight with someone in, and Jim just be back there shining glasses. <laughs> ah, don't shoot up my barn! <laughs> His barn? It's my bar! I <laughs> know, uh, but I tend to... I think I've talked about this before. I, I tend to play a lot of old games that came out before. Right. Um, so I, I think what I'm going to move on to next is Mass Effect 2. That's my next game. Nice. That's a, that's that's a, good, a worthy game so, to move on to. It's a good game. Once I finish up Uncharted 2, that's where I'm going to next. Word to that. I respect that. Again, your longing gazes don't translate very well to the podcast <laughs> space. Uh, Arthur, uh, what have you been playing? Uh, wow, thanks, Jim. Um, <laughs> I think the uh, the only thing I'll save the only thing that anyone will actually care about for last. Uh, I played Death Smiles a little bit over the weekend. Um, that game is not good. Hmm. I what is it? I've never it heard of this game. Yeah. Uh, it is a side-scrolling shmup. Ah. With uh, gothic Alita styled characters. Okay. Where'd yeah. you get oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. you, I mean, you fire. You can fire in either direction, and you have like this little option type thing that fires with you. Is that oh, a downloadable yes. game? No, it is a full fucking retail game. Mm-hmm. It is a sixty dollar retail game. Oh, did you get a copy of it? Uh, I think I Ryan had. A, yeah, I'd a green heard. Disc. I, I'd seen it in the stores, and in the stores they only sell one version of it, a special edition. A special edition. Right. Every version is a special edition that comes in a big old box. Right. <laughs> um, it is Weird. sort of the epitome of total like cash in exploitative, like bullshit Japanese arcade games. Wow. Like it's all to look at like these twelve or thirteen year old girls that are dressed like sluts. Like Victorian sluts, hmm. awesome uh, with monsters that are not animated particularly well in a game Sold. that's not particularly well designed. Um, Is that the game that you were showing me that had the hairstyle handbook? No, no, I'm sorry. sorry, that's a different game. Different game. Um, okay, sorry. Uh, and the thing that that fucks me up playing that game is that. The, Too the turned enemy, on to play. Yeah, that's it. Twelve and thirteen year old girls. <laughs> uh, I thought we were going to talk about that. <laughs> like, you can get hit almost anywhere on your body by an enemy attack, and it won't register as a hit. There's huh. just, like, one tiny sphere at the center of your person that will right. count as something that That's can get That's how a hit. lot of those bullet hell games, yeah, I guess, are true. doing, right? A lot of those bullet hell games, like, you're, you're, like, this tightly compact thing, and the very edges won't get hit, but everything else will. But in this, it's like... You're an enormous character on screen, and most of you can't get hit. But meanwhile, you'll be covered in bullets that aren't mm. actually "quote unquote" hitting you. Mm. And uh, it's just not—it's not good. Like the production values are pretty terrible. It's and it's just too expensive. I don't—I don't, I don't yeah. understand the uh, the impetus behind that game. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so a no to uh, Death Smiles then, huh? Yeah, no to Death Smiles. <laughs> Thumbs down. Well, Where does my, a name like that even come from? That's—it's the name of a—I think it's. Um, an anime, oh. or it's a manga. It's one oh. of those two. Um, 
Uh, I've also been playing Hydro Thunder, but I don't think I can talk about that till next week. Um, I played ODST over the weekend a little bit because after reading a bunch of Reach stuff that got revealed last week and hearing mm-hmm. Eric Brudvig talk about the firefight stuff that got revealed today at comic-con mm-hmm. i was like man i'd really like to play some halo right now <laughs> what's the stuff they revealed uh they revealed uh firefight 2.0 last week which is uh basically firefight with a ridiculous amount of different options today they're revealing a firefight versus which is like a combination it's sort of like firefight with uh in gears this year they showed uh for gears 3 they showed the the monster mode or whatever where you can play as the bad guys. What is it called? Right. I don't remember. Beast I can't remember either. Beast yeah, mode. Beast mode. Okay. Beast mode. Um, you know, like Optimus Prime turning into a gorilla. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you really? never saw Beast Wars? Transformers Optimus Beast Wars. Prime was a gorilla? Yeah, yeah. in Beast Wars. Beast Wars. Yeah. yeah, it was that is awesome. It was terrible. It was a, it, I don't it, think it was, it was 3D, terrible. It was 3D animated. It, it took a while awful. for it to come I think it was a, the best writing of any Transformers series. But that's anyway. That's distinctly possible. Yeah, exactly. Anyway... Uh, Firefight 2.0 lets uh, one team plays versus like basically their elites mm-hmm. on the side of the Covenant. So uh, they spawn with everyone else and go in against two human players on the other side. That's cool. Yeah, that sounds real cool. Uh, they also showed Forge World. But there's only two humans on the other side? Right. Mm. So wait, it's how many on the two against the two? It's four player. It's 2v2. Oh, okay. Um, they showed Forge World, which is uh, if you saw that Blood Gulch thing that they showed last week or the week before... That is actually a tiny part of a gigantic Forge playground Disney World type thing. Hmm. Um, so wait, if it's 2v2, it's just 2v2. That's all it is, right? There's nothing special about it because playing... Uh, no, because it's two Spartans versus an entire Covenant force. Oh, an entire Covenant force and two people are just playing as... With, yeah, with as two okay, human at players. First, at first I thought you were saying that it was just two versus two and that was it. I was right. like, oh, that's <laughs> just 2v2. Yeah, that would be um, like- that's awesome that it has all the other things run by the AI. Yeah. yeah. That's um, cool. Then they showed Forge World, which is like the biggest thing that Bungie has ever done, like level-wise. It's like the size of like seven or eight blood gulches. Like, wow. With a ton of different environments in this big ocean of space. And is that a multiplayer map? Or yeah, it's that... Forge. So you're making your own Forge. shit in there. Oh, okay. Um, huh. But anyway, so I wanted to play ODST because I'd never found all the uh, the voice recordings. Mm, in it mm-hmm. so i started wandering around the city looking for those and first of all that is still kind of a pain in the ass finding all of those things <laughs> uh and second i still just going back to it the combat feels so good in that game just and wandering around the city is very atmospheric yeah i'm hoping is. that there are parts of reach that are kind of like that um i hope so too and i hope they learned a lot from odst i think they did like as far as pacing and brevity yeah it sounds like they thought it was a pretty big success and obviously it sold yes it copies. <laughs> yeah that was the game that just would not stop selling last year. <laughs> um, but uh, And then last night I got a code for the Alan Wake DLC. Yes, I got one as well. I haven't played it yet, though. Ooh, Have you I started that it? game, too. Yes, you do. Oh, fuck, <laughs> you're here. I don't know how much I can talk about for the DLC. Well, yeah, I mean, you probably shouldn't talk about it that much anyways. Just uh, um, just got the, yeah, we just got the code. The Alan Wake DLC takes place immediately following the ending to Alan Wake. Which is awesome. Um, so basically it will clear up, I think, some confusion about what happened at the end of Alan Wake, which is kind of sad because the ambiguity of that ending is kind of one of the cool things about it. But uh, but yeah, it picks up right away um, and starts going through some of the stuff that happened in the game in, in a kind of in an interesting way. And uh, How much is it? 
Uh, it's free oh, to people who bought like the game. Free. Okay, it well, came that's cool. a code in the box. Uh, so right. if you okay. are checking out a library copy, you may have to pay. No, I don't. Uh, I always buy games new. I don't. Uh, I don't it's do like you stuff. Seven bucks if you're buying it on the marketplace. Okay. Mm. That's fine. Which is still, I mean, for like two or three hours. I think this must have been in the uh, original game design. They said, "Hey, let's just chop this up." And uh, it wouldn't have the way the narrative works in the original game. It wouldn't have worked. Okay. Um, because. It just Alan Wake ends at such an appropriate place. Okay. It doesn't feel like, oh, I can't believe the game is over. It's like, man, that ended exactly how it needed to. Maybe it was in the yeah, original game good. though, and then they were like, oh, this doesn't make sense, yeah. and they end, end it here. Let's so oh, we'll make more money off us later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you got to think that after five years of development, there was probably a lot on the cutting room floor. It's right. such a tiny game too. Like yeah. the game itself is like two and a half gigs, really, of stuff. Huh? I didn't know that. Um, and then the DLC is like four hundred megabytes. Um, so cool. it's, it's really, it pulls you right back in. And of course it does the Alan Wake previously on Alan Wake thing at the beginning to catch you right up to where you were <laughs> right like the, of the whole game or what, uh, of the stuff you need to know for where you are, mm. like, like a good episode recap should like, it mm-hmm. doesn't spend too much time giving needless explanations of mm-hmm. bullshit. And you went here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's sort of, it makes calls back to the, uh, the previous chapters in an interesting way and it uh it's very it's that is that is inception as fuck like the entire section you're playing so the entire section i played so far it is mm-hmm. extremely exception if you've seen inception that should resonate um wow i need to see that movie yes you do inception is is something that i think a lot of game designers could learn from i'll see it when everyone stops going to see it no <laughs> you don't like crowds yeah i just kind of like to like go buy take go and see it i don't like to have you're afraid of people, aren't you, Jim? Nah, I just I don't like being all these people <laughs> around me talking. I don't know. Uh, Breathing I also, my air. Yeah, I also played a little bit of Limbo this morning. Not very much. But I've heard uh, good things about that game. It's it's gorgeous so far and very intuitive. Um, it does not give a shit if you have any idea what's going on though. Yeah. I, was, I was actually walking uh, with, with Ryan Scott from GameSpy to get lunch, and he was going to some Civ event. But uh, he was telling me that like his favorite game he's played. Like that's all he could think about. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's like. Uh, he's he's going to give it a great review. That's my understanding. Right. Yeah, I think he told me the score he was planning on. At first, before I played that game, before I heard people talking about it, I, I like, I think Damon reviewed it for us, Damon Hatfield, uh, yeah. and, I, and I heard his review, and I thought, you know, I don't know. When I played it at GDC, it was okay, but it certainly wasn't that. And then mm-hmm. after after hearing more people talk about it and playing it myself, I was like, you know, that score is probably appropriate. Yeah, I, I, I beat it yesterday. Finished you like that it? One up. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great. Did you feel like it was narratively satisfying by the end? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely. Did you feel that it was worth the $15 they charged for it? Um, I think so. I think uh, I, if if you can get through the puzzles and everything really fast, then that game can be over in like two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think for a lot of people, they're going to think like, oh, that's, that's fift- two and a half hours isn't enough for $15. And I can sort of see where you're coming from if, you know, if that's your line of thinking, but... When you look at it, you're never doing the same thing twice in that game. Mm-hmm. The environment is always changing and always different. Like every time you move to the right just a little bit more, it's completely different than what you did before. It, they don't repeat puzzles. They don't repeat gameplay, really. 
So, I mean, there's there's a lot of craft that goes into every single moment of that game, and that really made me appreciate it. I was like, wow, this it may be only two and a half hours, but it's a super, super dense two and a half hours. Hmm. And they took something that was super plain at one point and massaged it into something beautiful, visually yeah. speaking. Yeah, they really did. It's it, it's gorgeous. I mean, for, for being a, a black and white game, it's incredibly atmospheric. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I say it's worth it. And then I, I have to play Kane and Lynch tonight. You have to. I have to. <laughs> I have to write a preview for Monday. Gotcha. I actually, I Are volunteered. Are you playing single player or multiplayer? Yeah, I'm single playing player? single cool. player. I, I actually really want to play it. to review Kane and Lynch uh, for IGN. Nice. And uh, that's fine. I just, I got a, a, I got preview code today and I have to have a review that's ready to go up Monday morning. Right. So. A preview. It's cool. Didn't need a weekend. <laughs> but weekends I, uh, are for chumps that's all that's all I've got I mean I played some more serious Sam but I said all I needed to last week yeah you T me uh, so so I've not played anything new since last week but um, I did see the new newest trailer for the up, the, the update for the next Captain Forever game yeah did you guys see that no it's no, called uh, Captain Jameson he fits something in between calling Mark Rain a dick <laughs> that was it was him right it was the captain forever guy that no. called mark rain a dick was it yeah, i think it was the last gdc mm. uh, well there you go no no i don't know either way <laughs> either way captain i feel like jim jameson. should know this jameson um captain jameson so basically what it is dude it's like it really surprised me, man, when I saw the trailer, and uh, it's really ambitious considering, you know, if you're familiar with the Captain lineage. And basically what it is, is th- this is the most almost story-driven, almost RPG-like this- the game has ever been. You start off, you know, as your typical little red heart, buzz, you know, budding little spaceship guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot like the other one, you can fly around and uh, shoot low-level guys and add stuff to your ship, but what's different here is they incorporate um, an actual world into the game that has all these stations throughout the game that are offline. Mm. So, like, when you start out, the stations that are in your immediate vicinity are green, like the early pieces that you get. So you have to, like, fly up to these stations and figure out how to bring them online. So, and he... And and his whole thing is that the Captain Forever universe takes place in an alternate timeline where... Uh, all technology advanced, but everything's still like DOS based. So you have to like fly up to the stations and like pull up your DOS command and hit like help to see if it's offline and it tells you what's wrong or it tells you if like the agent that's on call there and you have to like ping their name and they'll ping you back. Dude, that's hilarious. And uh, it's really, it seems really cool. Um, you know, you can get, once you get the stations online, you actually have oxygen that, uh, that limits your time, you know, so if it runs out, you die. So the whole point wow. is you want to travel as far as you possibly can, and so you've got to constantly bring, be bringing these stations back online. I've never heard of this, these games before. The Captain Forever? Uh-huh. Yeah, you've been on the podcast when I used to talk about that a lot, right? Yeah, maybe. Come on, Captain Forever, dog. <laughs> the game, I, I love it. One, one, one thing new, uh, another thing new that this Jameson version adds to the game is there are actually environmental hazards this time around like there are areas where there are like giant asteroids that mm. could uh like come close like you know like they, they're they're almost going to smash together and you got to like fly in between them and shit uh it just seems really really cool man i can't wait for nice. it to come out it's not out yet but right. 
And you still get free access if you bought the other ones. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, okay. I assume so. Well, actually, when when I saw that deal go up, he he had only planned two other games, and those two came out was a successor and um, or no, two didn't come out, did it? Yeah, see, that's what I'm it saying. was okay. So yeah, this one should be the should be the good one. So nice, cool. Dude, I mean, it's really, it seems really Good cool. Deal. Like, I, I, I know nothing about that DOS stuff and, like, typing. Like, I wouldn't know offhand to, like, pull up and type help. Right. I guess this is, like, a thing, like, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. I love, I just love that game. Awesome. Well, I'm going to have to play this now. Because if you did talk about it, I forgot about it. Yeah. Well, now you can tell us what you've been playing, Matt. Well, we already talked, like, I... Because I was playing some of the same stuff you guys did, you know, Death Spank and uh, uh, Limbo and whatever. But the third game that I've been playing was uh, I uh, downloaded Powder and put it on my iPhone. And it's uh, uh, Powder's a roguelike that w- it's free on PC and stuff like that. But I just wanted to see how it played on the iPhone, and um, I'd never I'd never actually played it, and uh, it's fun. I, I sort of have a love hate relationship with roguelikes in general, you know, like. I really want to enjoy them, but like I get frustrated really easy by not having a save system and dying and going back to the beginning all the time, you know. So when it comes to um, uh, this one, I actually I was having like the best game that, of my life that I've ever had in any roguelike <laughs> on the iPhone version. Like I died twice and then I got into it and I started out and I got this armor which allowed me to dig through walls so I could just like cut my own path wherever I wanted to cut it. Like and I got it in like the first level. Nice. And uh, I had I leveled up several times and I upgraded my character. My god was really happy with me. So when I would get down to low hit points, it would go like I will restore you, and suddenly I'd have full hit points again, and I was like, man, this is awesome, like, I'm totally getting fine, I got down to, like, I don't know, like, level 9 or 10 or something like that, and then uh, went into this one room, and uh, I killed this dragon, and then I went into this other room, killed this other dragon, and then, like, three more dragons all of a sudden appeared and started attacking me all at the same time while they were attacking each other, and I was like, fuck, I gotta run away, and then I got hit by a uh, fireball from an imp like off this other corner, and I was dead. And I was like, I never want to play this again. Sounds kind of like Demon Souls. Yeah, <laughs> that's the whole thing. Like Demon Souls, I think like I, scratches that same sort of rogue-like itch for people. And uh, but after it, it's like I'm probably going to go back and play Powder again just because I can't stay away from these kind of games, even though there's a part of me that really wants to. Why didn't you like Demon Souls? I mean, you say you're into these kinds of games. Why didn't you like Demon Souls? Because Demon Souls was... Uh, the thing about a roguelike is that every time you die, it's a completely different new experience because the dungeons are randomly generated, right. you know, and the different creatures pop up. Uh, Demon Souls is the same thing over and over and over again until you slog your way through it, you know, or you do it just perfect enough to get your way through it. And it's, and it's an incredible grind to do it, too. I mean, like a roguelike... Um, if you are lucky enough to not die early and to make it through, you can like, you know, be over and done with the game in a couple hours. Like, I don't know anybody that like really goes and beats roguelikes regularly. You know, it's more about just trying to beat it. Right. Um, but it's, it's more just like quick hit. Like I'm dying. Okay. I'm going to play again. Oh, I died. I'm going to play again. You know, but, uh, Demon's Souls is a game that just like, it just takes so long in the grind and like it's, it's being repetitive. I can't stand the repetitive nature of it. Alright. Those were some games. And those were some games. Alright. We'll uh, take a quick break. I got my feet on the ground and I don't go to sleep to dream. 
Summertime, <laughs> and for some children who go to school, you actually have a summer. For the rest of us who work, you forget what that's like. But uh, <laughs> such a drama queen. But uh, so Arthur posted a topic about summer. I like how I'm to blame all of a sudden for the topic. <laughs> you came up with and posted this topic. Well, if someone else would come up with a topic once in a while, I wouldn't have to. Uh, if we want to just have a little bitch fest on the show, I used to come up with a topic all the time. I'm just I'm just the special guest. Don't look at me. Um, you are very special. Yeah. So anyways, mm. Arthur, Arthur posed a topic about wanting to know how people were spending their summer. And, you know, whether it's catching up on backlog, downloadable titles, books, movies, music, you know, anything you wanted. And so we kind of just went from there. There was one that I didn't put that I saw a lot of people putting in the comments, which was exercise. Hmm. What? That's like a, a ton of people what, were like, what, what? We're lo- I'm losing weight. I am going running. I am trying to not be fat anymore. Bullshit. That's a stupid way to spend your summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the way you spend your New Year's, not your fucking summer. I know, right? Like, look at all the fucking games we've had come out this year. All these great games that none of us have time to play. I mean, what better time than when it's sunny and gorgeous outside? If you're going to time it right, you would lose weight in the spring. So it would be <laughs> hot during the summer. Uh, I don't know. For me, it's like it's all hot outside during the summer in my parents' hometown. You wanted to be inside playing games with your friends. And then you would go out at night when the when it cooled down. Uh, anyways. To a balmy 85. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Bill Mudrin wrote in. Oh, God. And, you know, Bill, I don't really know him super well, but he's a pretty classy guy. Mm-hmm. So I was curious what he had to say about it. So he says... Uh, Masturbating, eating ice cream, hmm. sometimes masturbating on my ice cream and then eating it okay. when I'm drunk or tired. <laughs> <laughs> we all got to have hobbies. I was like, what? I, I, think someone, I think someone hacked Bill's account. No, that is definitely Bill. <laughs> Bill says that kind of shit on Twitter all the time. Okay. <laughs> Does he like the snowball? Bill is a dirty motherfucker. I have no idea if he likes the snowball. I'm sure if you asked on Twitter, he would answer, though. With um, a yes. He might. I mean, whatever way he'd answer, he'd find a way to turn it into the most disturbing thing you ever heard. It's funny because uh, <laughs> it's like Arthur said, right? There's this kid Cole that wrote in and said, "I'm trying. I'm focusing on losing weight. Exercise and podcasts go together. Great. And improved eating habits will benefit me for life." And then two down, this other kid Andrew says, "I'm trying to gain weight. I got really into strength <laughs> training this past winter, and after a two month period where I focused on dropping some pounds." I'm hitting. I'm back to hitting it hard, doing starting strength. So, yeah, <laughs> my good I mean, buddy and a. Oh, I'm sorry, Anthony. Go ahead. No, it's just I've I've never thought about that. Like for me, that's never been an issue, right? Oh yeah, like, like putting on weight. Yeah, like my my buddy NGP that I used to uh, lift weight lift weights with a lot. Every now and then, um, you'll go to him because his his frame is like Brad Pitt. Like that's his frame. Mm-hmm. So every now and then, like Brad Pitt in which movie? I was gonna say that's a good frame to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Bastard. Like Fight Club, like California. Dude, Fuck ba- your ba- friend. Bad Pitt yeah. in Fight Club is like the ideal frame. Yeah. yeah, and then and then get this. Like I remember uh, not too long ago, I was like visiting home, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm eating. A, I'm eating a pack of bacon a day." <laughs> like no, just joke. to like keep it going, like the protein and the fat. 
because he, he wanted to gain so weight. He's like, I need a, I need a dad belly. Ah, fuck that guy, man. I'm eating <laughs> a pack of fucking bacon. I'm eating a, a lot of broccoli. Hmm. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, I have this problem where I can't actually gain weight. Like, I, there's actually a period in high school where I tried to get like, I took a weight gainer. Right. Uh, yeah, like, like roll, roll right off me. Roll right off me. Yeah. Just, wow. It just didn't help. Rolled right off yeah. you or squirted right out of you. Uh, I imagine it was just it just hosed out of me. I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like uh, But I, I've stayed the same the same weight since like high school. I just don't gain weight. I'm just ruminating on hose as a verb. I feel like we just need to feed you like pure carbs or something. That's all. I, I mean, all eat are hamburgers. <laughs> the man's That's got practically a point. the yeah. Atkins. Hamburger diet. and French fries. <laughs> this is all this man eats. I don't understand why. I would be like 400 pounds or more if I ate like you did. Seriously, <laughs> I'm just enjoying it now because I know when I hit 40, it's all going to go away at oh, some point. 40. <laughs> no, <laughs> wish you were dead. Anyway. My metabolism stopped when I was like 17. Yeah, how old are you now? 26. 26. I don't know about the whole 40 thing. Really? Yeah. Because thinking I, earlier then. I, well, it, I think it happens earlier, but I don't think you... You may be one of those guys just going to be, like, skinny for life. Right. That's okay. Usually, okay. I, it's usually in the early 20s when that shit tapers off. Hmm. Like, right after, right after college. Yeah. I in, to, in college, in my case. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I don't snag a whole lot. Like, I don't just surrounding chips. Do so. you, well, how, do you much, how, how much of that, though... Hmm? Is that you don't enjoy snacking? How much of that is that you just don't have food in your house to snack on? Well, it's actually interesting. Uh, from last time I was on here, you had those uh, those tortilla chips, and since then I've been eating nothing but tortilla chips. And salt. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I, I, actually, I bought three bags because they're on sale, and like I come home and you just eat like three or four. I'm like, All right, saving these. Uh, I've actually I've added frosted flakes to my diet recently though. Um, They're great. They are good. Uh, I hate you. No, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I don't snack. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. If, I, if I have to cook it, I don't buy it pretty much. So uh, Jim's taking cooking classes this summer. That's what he's doing. <laughs> he's, he's aspiring to branch out in his eating habits. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Andy Boy wrote in and said, I'm actually catching up my reading. There are so many books I need to read that this is the perfect time to do it. Rebel FM should recommend a book from each person so that we'll hopefully be able to read this in my downtime. Nice. So he says, I'm currently going through all the Scott Pilgrim books, as well as finally reading Snow Crash by Neil Stephenson. Stevenson. Stevenson. But yeah, good book. Stephenson, Stevenson, I can tell. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Neil might have take issue with that. <laughs> it's definitely Stevenson, but yeah, good book. Uh, I don't know that either. It's good. But, I actually, uh, uh, downloaded that, that's my one-word evaluation. When I Halting read, State on Kindle. When I read for fun a lot, it is a mix of either the worst trash Star Wars and like Warhammer books, mm-hmm. or the other side of my reading for fun is like nonfiction about like psychology and stuff like that. So. Yeah, like you and I sort of have the same reading habits where it's like trash sci fi and fantasy, only my nonfiction is usually like political arguments and like environmental treat- treatises and stuff like that. But uh, I actually just borrowed from Jay Fresh just last weekend and read A Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Lots of people have been reading that. I've I've read that as well. I uh, saw it on the BART every after, day this week. Uh, yeah. After Judges Week. And yeah. if it isn't The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo I see in the BART, it's one of his the other books. The Girl Who Kicked the right. Hornet's Nest. Yes. The Girl Who Played with Fire. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, um, it's so weird that like he uh, gave in three manuscripts and then he's like, then he just died. Well, now the rumor is that his wife wrote them. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, either way, they're good. I, I think the I girl, really like the girl with the dragon tattoo. I think the girl with the dragon tattoo has some interesting things going for it. It's m- super long, 
and really weirdly paced and very really? I didn't think it was long. Fixated on on strange technical details that make it seem more dated than it should. Yeah, well let's read your novel. No, seriously. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> one of the ways I'm gonna spend this summer exactly. is I'm gonna do NaNoWriMo. That's why I said that. Nice. Month. Yeah, I keep uh, I keep seeing that pop up like um uh Alice Liang over at One Up started a, a, a one up club I all think about Scooter that. Scooter is gonna do that too. Scooter did it last year. Did he? Too. Cool. Um, Jeff Green did it last year too. Right. Jeff did do it. Barely finished in time. He wrote the cudgel of Xanthor. I thought he was <laughs> writing that this year. No, he finished the cudgel of Xanthor last year. That's so, so awesome. I would like to read that book. Um, uh, I actually want to. You should see... explain what that is for people that don't know. Yeah. it's a joke from CG. No, 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 National. Right? No, no, but... Oh, National Novel Writing Month is a right. month where a bunch of people get together and have workshops and do online forum participation to write a book in a month. 50,000 words. Oh, is that the minimum? Okay, so I was going to say, I knew Fuck. there was like a... It's 50,000 words. Something to qualify it for the, the thing. Yeah, you're, so that's that? your goal to hit. That's like 1,800 words a day. That's Yeah, it's 1,666.67 words per day. <laughs> right. So what, you just assign assign people parts? Is that no, 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 you write, you write the entirety book. of it. The whole it's thing It tells you how long your book has to be hmm. it's to just qualify. A, yeah, it's, it's just a goal. It's basically like to give people a structure or a, a goal motivator. at some point to do something that they yeah. always talk about doing. It's a yeah. goal. Go to college, find a job, yeah. <laughs> write a novel. <laughs> and actually, I mean, I've wanted to write a novel for a long time, and I just keep finding ways to, to not do it. So. Yeah, see? Me too, actually. Yeah, so you both just confirmed everyone's suspicions that, that we're pretentious douches. Douche yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right, yeah. I'm just now confirming. <laughs> okay, well, you gave him more ammunition. Um, fuck Demon Souls. Fuck PS3. I like I'm a, novels. I'm gonna go read a book. Um, I I think that the girl with the dragon tattoo is interesting. It definitely like the end drags on for about a hundred pages longer than it should. I liked it. Um, I'm curious to see the movie. Me too. Very uh, curious. And it's on Netflix. It is. Um, so I should watch that Not tonight. in HD, though. What other Ooh. books are people recommending? Books, um, books. I'm going to try to read Gravity's Rainbow this summer, because I got to sign that book in college and never finished it. God, I tried reading like four pages of it, and it was so dense, and I was like, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, and Thomas Pinchon wow. is... Uh, I knew someone that wrote their senior English thesis at Davis about that book, and right. I was just like, "God, fuck that!" <laughs> that was a, that was a hellish English English class. It was like a novel a week for ten weeks. Mm. Yeah, I've taken one of those, and I read a total of half a novel in the whole class. <laughs> <laughs> that was the uh, the first time I'd ever read Neuromancer. Was in that class. That was I don't awesome. even know. I like that book. I don't too. even know what that Neuromancer. is. You know what? If you need a book to read this summer and you haven't read it, fucking read Neuromancer for yeah. the love of God. Yeah, and then get excited for William Gibson's book that's coming out in September. Ooh, he has one in September. Yep. Ooh, I did not know. Oh hell no. <laughs> uh, and right now, <laughs> uh, for I got the Kindle app for Android just to see what it was like, and ended up buying a book on it because I was bored on Bart. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to read that, which is a uh, halting state, I think, from mm. tra- from. Charles Strauss. Charles Nest. Thought that's what he was going to say. Which is about a bank robbery and an MMO. Nice. (laughs) I had no idea. That's kind of awesome. (laughs) Jim, do you read books? I don't. Good good answer. Why don't you read books, Jim? Uh, I don't know. I don't have the time, I guess. I I often feel like I don't have the time to, even though I do, right? It's just. I mean, I'm just constantly working or constantly reading the internet, and it's like I just can't sit down and just stare at a book. I don't know. I have this problem. I, I, I got to keep doing something. I got to, you know. You I go poop, in phases. don't you? I do. 
Take a book with you. Hmm. I do it in phases. Like I'll uh, I do I'll too. start reading a book and then I'll be like crazy into books for like two weeks and right. and read like eight books. In Have two you read weeks. Bone Shaker? Uh-uh. It's like sort of steampunk zombie stuff in an alternate reality Seattle. Sounds right up my alley. In ninety or something like that. It's kind of cool. I would read that. I like uh, I like short stories more than huge novels. Short so stories are good. I do too. Yeah. Do you have any short story recommendations? I like I like graphic novels for that reason. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like short stories. All of Stephen King's short story collections are pretty good. Yeah, yeah you should oh. re- you should read which the the uh, graveyard shift. Yeah. Yeah. Arthur C. Clarke has really great short stories. He well, does. But, well, there was wow. a, a book uh, collection of short stories with that had the road in it that was based off of. I thought right. that was a novel, like a full novel. I thought it was, I thought it was a short, short story in, from a collection. You should I read the wrong. short stories by the author that wrote Brokeback Mountain, though. Those are, man, she has some that are only like four pages long, and they're still fantastic. Mm, wow. I forget her name. I feel like a terrible person, but I don't remember. And the like the commenter said, I really want to read the, the Scott Pilgrim books before the movie comes I can't, out. What's going on with that? I've, everyone's been Twittering about that. I have no idea what this is. Can someone give me the full Yeah, I don't one? know. When I saw the preview without knowing anything about it being comic book and stuff, I thought that movie looked so dumb. Was a mo- I thought there was a game coming out. I thought too. that movie looked so fucking amazing. <laughs> I, every time you I say that movie too. looks dumb, I just hate you a little bit. <laughs> Why? Because I have a differing opinion? I just don't understand like why you're hating on it. It just looks silly. It didn't look like there's any point to it. I didn't know it was anything to do with the comic or anything. Yeah. It doesn't look right. It, but it, it, like you're talking about a game called Death Spank that has phenomenal writing. Yeah, I'm just Death telling Spank. you when I see this movie, it's the same thing as like when I would see movies like, like I don't know, like a Kick stu- Ass, or no, like a movie like that first, like first Road Trip or something like mm. that with Jack Black, and it just looks like a stupid ass movie. <laughs> like when I saw Scott Pilgrim, I was like, this just looks like a stupid ass movie. Yeah, like. Hmm. You know, Hot Tub Time Machine looks like a stupid-ass movie. Hot Tub Time Machine was a fun movie. See, I'm sure it was, but I'm saying when I see it, I'm just like, this, this looks really dumb. Yeah. That's all. It's just the it. premise seemed really dumb. I just want I want to read the books because everybody tells me how much fun they it are. It doesn't mean and, it can't be great. I might very well see it and love it. Yeah. And that they're like so hardcore gamer focused and everything. And it's, right, so that's really the other thing is I didn't know that I was just wondering where all this hype was coming for it. Yeah, I have no idea. For me, it. the preview didn't make it seem like it was that cool, but I didn't know it was this book series that everyone really, mm-hmm. really loved. I actually would prefer not to read the comics. I'd like to see the movie first and really? then go from there. Yeah. Why? Uh, because I feel like when you read a book right before a movie comes out, you go in straight with all these expectations of what it should be. And mm. I mean, the, the nature of film is that it's a different interpretation of an idea than mm. a book can be. Mm-hmm. So I would rather go in without an expectation of what it's supposed to be and enjoy it and then read the book and have this different, more expansive take on, on the idea. I think that's fair. Yeah. I just think I just think again with that movie when I saw the previews, the previews just looked so batshit insane. I was like, "What is this?" I think they know what their audience is and they're playing toward it. Yeah. Right? I just didn't. I just didn't know that it had yeah. anything to do with this established yeah. thing. Yeah. It could very well be good. Yeah. I also just like. I just want to say one more time that I thought it looked really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that one's just a bother, Arthur. Mission accomplished. There's a really cool uh, dual book slash movie that's coming out that I'm really excited for called Robot Apocalypse. <laughs> and the uh, the author of the book, he the author, <laughs> Arthur, Arthur. sorry, Texan, you know. Next thing you want know, to say, n- you know, nuke, well, nuke, nuclear. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, and 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 the whole thing is is um, he's actually a, a, a roboticist in real life. I mean, he knows robotics fully, like mm-hmm. the real life robotics, and uh, and he always wanted. Uh, he always wanted to write a narrative that was true to like what an actual robot uprising would be like, not these Hollywood bullshit uh, oh, reinterpret. Cool. Like he was saying, you know, he used iRobot as an example. Like 
the robot stalks his victim like mm-hmm. slowly and intimidatingly and evilly. You know, like right. no, a robot wouldn't do that at all. It would right. just walk straight up to the human and destroy his windpipe. Right. And that would be it. <laughs> right. You know. So uh so yeah, that's his whole thing and like Steven Spielberg is supposed to be producing the movie and uh and oh. just just because I love uh, science so much. And Speaking of that, you right. know, Brad Pitt was attached to star in World War Z today. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. See, and and I actually heard that 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 might be in turmoil because they uh, have signed a deal with the movie World War X. That's supposed to be, uh, yeah, I can do. It's supposed to be a, a, <laughs> right. a, a I, world overrun with terrorism, right? Is that? It's possible. I don't know. I I've heard the name World War X. Up, and I man. heard that there was that conflict, but I feel like attaching Brad Pitt to the movie will get it. Yeah, totally. I didn't hear that. No. And also, The Walking Dead has got so much awesome buzz Ooh, behind it. Ooh, man. The AMC Shots series. have been coming out. Have you guys seen the shots yes. of the cast and stuff? And oh, I've, been, I've been watching well, the little I mean, the, production, the, the shots, little behind the, the scenes. The shots of the cast thing, it's just pictures of random people. Like, it doesn't do anything. It tells so, you this. No, no, they're no. They're so well captured for yeah. the comic. I want to see, I wanna see like, it in, in motion, but when I just see like, a picture of an actor um, from a movie, it doesn't really yeah. do much. You should just go to the AMC site and watch like their little behind-the-scenes featurettes that they have on the AMC site. It's yeah, cool they're, there's cool. Like, they show you the zombie school stuff. Stuff, like how they trained all the extras yeah. like to be I mean I do like that you can tell that director works with people he's worked with before mm-hmm. Frank more, Darabont yeah more than one person in that movie was also in The Mist so oh, well I mean and every other Stephen King adaptation he's done like Shawshank Redemption. right but I'm saying specifically mm. there's several people for, specifically from The Mist is William there. Sadler in that movie or in that show I don't, don't know, know who that is uh, he was the uh, the fresh funny. fish guy from Shawshank Redemption oh yeah I don't know. The one that the uh, the old librarian, like, he holds him hostage. Uh, no, he's not. Not that they've shown anyways. Not yet. But it wouldn't surprise me to see him be the leader of one of the insane other zombie groups. He was also the titular demon knight in Demon Knight. Right. I could easily <laughs> see that guy. The Grim Reaper in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. He's often portrayed as a bad guy. I could easily see him being a bad bad human in yeah. The Walking Dead right. in a later episode. I still have to read that series. Well. Which yeah. one? The Walking Dead? It's awesome at first, but man, they really need to end that comic. I want it to be over, actually. It, it's just r- it's like it's the actual apocalypse. Relentless. You just want it to be over. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I say I don't. I don't feel that way at all. And the new place they're going with it is great. So yeah, I haven't read the latest trade either. Yeah, but uh, yeah. let's see. Is Who else is else? doing stuff for summer? A lot of people masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> Several people for some reason wrote that. Our people. Doesn't surprise me one bit, especially given the letters that we received. Dan Garf writes in and says, This is my last summer until I go away to college. This was my senior year, and the summer after that is going to revolve around going to college and all that fun stuff. Yeah. With this in my mind, my summer is filled with uh, bullshittery. I've picked up Assassin's Creed 2 for the first time, having fun with that, enjoying the summer of arcade. I've also been trying to get this girl whom I met in a previous year of school. So far, we've seen a couple movies together with friends and hung out in the park. I even followed Scott Baum... Scott Bromley's trick. Uh oh. Oh no. Writing something down on a receipt that had a oh. lot of digits on it, and she seemed really interested. Mission to get some <laughs> is going along well. <laughs> he, oh, such when, a I, when I heard that, I like this is yeah. brilliant. <laughs> wow. Scott, you you never heard this? No, I heard it. You, you, yeah. you find a receipt of uh, someone's bank account that has right. really huge, yeah, oh, digits. Yeah. Yes. Well, at least there's some people that are doing like. Uh, Something. I'm going to assume he's being facetious about actually following that advice. You know what? He's 17. <laughs> I don't know that he is. Yeah, and 17 and about to go to college and never Please, see sir, this girl again. Right. Tell me you're being facetious. Fuck those consequences. This is awesome. 
a lot of these are like uh, my summer vacation reports. This summer, I'll be working in it. Well, read some names. Well, I'm saying that some of it isn't very good for for the show. So what are we doing with our summers? We haven't said much of that. Like, what do we actually have planned? Uh, I also have been reading. Um, we just talked about doing NaNoWriMo. Well, we ta- you talked about that. But <laughs> so what did Matt. It? Well, I didn't say I was going to do it. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I just say that I would that I have a book that I would like to finish. Yeah, I mean, you should do it, Matt. It's not like you're doing anything. <laughs> I mean, do any of us even really take summer as something that we really have anymore? I, 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 I don't. I feel, feel like summer's like been stolen is, from me. I don't. I, don't. Yeah. I feel like things slowed have slowed down. Like, I mean, they do. Slow. I think it's interesting. For me. And for me in San Francisco, like the weather never really changes at all. So like, yeah. I really have no concept of what <laughs> the weather changes in. from hour to hour yeah. in San Francisco. Um, it just gets colder. No, I kind of wish like the gaming industry would just take summer off. Like we could all just like leave. Like, like for us at IGM, we could just not come to work for three months. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's because we perpetually wish we were children in school. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, Arthur, like Arthur's going to go to Japan this summer. That's going to be cool. I don't. Is nice. that, does that still count as summer? Yeah, September yeah. still counts as summer, right? Am I wrong? It does. No, I don't think it does. Summer for me not. is uh, June, July, August. I mean, you well, say that I, you're going to Germany in a couple weeks. Yeah, I count. I count it. I count it as summer because San Francisco, like we have our summer in like late spring. And then it gets like we have a second winter during the actual summer months, and then and we then have like summer again, September, like September October. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So I think of that as summer. I mean, almost everyone in the room is going to PAX. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's my whole thing. That's what I tend to do during the summer. I think is that's I feel a great like I have, summer trip. It is. It is. It's totally the good thing to do. But I feel like I always have so much traveling to do during summer. Like you know, the, all of the this is all convention season. Kicks off with E three. Kicks off with E three and like goes. Until TGS, basically. And then, like, my family reunion is always the second weekend of August. And now I've got a girlfriend who lives three and a half hours away, which is a six-hour train ride. So, you know, when I go up there for the weekends, it's basically like I'm back and forth, like, all the time. My summers are always crazy filled with travel. Yeah, more than one person, uh, both this guy named Jake and this other guy named Tom. (laughs) Like such random names. They both male porn stars. (laughs) Um, they they say they're going to be working at X and A games. That's pretty. That's cool. That's a good way to use your summer. Yeah. Um, More power to you, fellas. Do do we have any games we're going to play specifically in mind? Uh, Summer of arcade games, definitely. I bought I bought Darksiders and Bioshock Two from GameStop sale. That's yeah. a good call. I'm gonna, I'm also going to play through Darksiders and No More Heroes 2 and uh, the Dawn of War 2 expansion. And you've already been playing through some of Darksiders, right? Yeah, I'm about a third of the way through Darksiders. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. I played the demo. I really liked it. So Cool. I love that It's 20 bucks on GameStop. I was like, okay. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. We I'm going to be playing through Caden Lynch in a week. <laughs> we did get a lot of, of uh, masturbation-type comments. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one. Suk, okay. Having sex, eating a lot, pretending to work, rage quitting, the same five games, masturbation. <laughs> well, that's... I think Zyax had a comment in there that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I saw it towards the top. Um, beep, bada, baby, dee, bop, bop. He, says, he says, working, I'm a grown-up. Also, F that, yep. I'm on vacation next week and I'm going to do fuck all. And my wife, if I can get her away from Hexic or Puzzle Quest long enough. <laughs> Mostly just playing some games in the evenings. This weekend there will be a rock band party for my birthday, maybe concurrent barbecue or something. Game wise, I'm mostly catching up on preposterous Steam sales, Dirt, Red Faction Gorilla, more Just Cause 2, and maybe I'll finally get the Bladder of Steel achievement 
to round out my 1,000 in Rock Band before the next game comes out. I don't know what that is. I think you just play for an endless set or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That sounds boring. <laughs> Some people want to do shit like that. Some people Chimas, like Rock man. Band, man. I really like Rock Band. The um, yeah, I'm probably gonna try to catch up on. I actually want to replay some games that like I played last year. Like I want to finish my second playthrough of Dragon Age and stuff like that. Some people that listen to our show are really motivated. Like uh, it's funny. Like all the, like the lazy certainly not anyone that hosts it. All the la- all the lazy people commented first, and then all like, the people that are doing aspiring things with their life seem to comment towards the end. Like at the end, there's this guy that's like new, new Derek, and he says, uh, "Write and publish a scientific research paper. Finish my PhD dissertation. Prepare to enter hospitals. A third year MD student." It's like, and then the Damn. guy, the guy above him, Blake says, "Last summer, I rode my bicycle across the country," and he has like a link <laughs> to how he did it. Holy like, shit, that's awesome! Yeah, it's well, dude, I wish I could do that. Uh, I wonder what kind of research great. the guy is doing. Yeah, I want to. I want to see. I got to go to that link. I got to see how he did it. It's Blake on two wheels number two. Blake on two wheels dot blogspot dot. I was talking nice. about the scientific research, not the bike guy. So. <laughs> yeah, no, Matt was talking want, about the bike guy. Oh, I was talking about okay. The bike guy. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to be clear for clarity. <laughs> I meanwhile, I'm throwing my phone on the floor for summer. <laughs> oh, it didn't break. No, it, it's a slider. Yeah. Um. Is Brink coming out this summer? That's not this summer. No, is I think it? Brink's been delayed till next year. Yeah, oh, Brink, that's yeah, right. Never April. mind. And fuck, didn't eat it. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Shank oh, is coming out soon. Yeah, I think August, that'll be good. August twenty fourth. Twenty fourth on PSN first, and it has and that co op level yeah. now. Yeah, the single yeah, yeah, co op yeah. level starring Danny Trejo. Oh, yeah. there's only is that what it is? just a co op oh, level. Great. It's not the whole. No, game. like his his partner. What's his partner name? I have no idea. Like it's a a Hispanic looking dude that looks like fucking Machete. <laughs> so Machete's coming out. There's machete. Machete. Ma- machete. Machete. Scott machete. Pilgrim comes out the week of my birthday, so I'm actually looking forward to going to see that. Cool. So does the Expendables. Oh, if we were going to see a movie see for your birthday, I would much rather see the Expendables. I would rather see Scott Pilgrim. You'd rather see Scott Pilgrim Scott than po- yes. 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 Wow. So should you. I just I just feel like I feel like my brain is not seeing the same thing. <laughs> it must not be. <laughs> I just don't get it. Nope. I mean maybe I'll see it and just be like, Well, I was an idiot, hopefully. <laughs> I'm sure I'll see it and think, Well, Anthony was an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you think that too often. <laughs> Prove me wrong, sir. Prove me wrong. It's sort of your dynamic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's see. Bart says I'm saving the RPGs for the summer. He says, save the games that require the most time to play for the summer when you have the time. I'm currently playing all 60 hours of Dragon Age, and Mass Effect 2 is next on my list. And not to forget Pokemon Heart and Gold. Dragon Age just did not take me that long to play. 80 hours for me. But you were also playing for review, right? Didn't that ever ever make you feel like you needed to get through the campaign a little faster? Dragon Age I played, like, by myself over Christmas break. Oh, yeah, that was the Dragon Age expansion you played for review. And that took, like, 12 hours. Okay. Well... I don't know. I mean, yeah, I've heard a lot of people have Matt's experience where it was like it. I feel like console version of Dragon Age is faster. Faster. Hmm. Yep. Because you're not strategizing. You're not pausing and positioning everyone and then unpausing, then pausing and positioning everyone at infinitum. I totally see that. And given how long the battles and dungeons are in that game, I can see that adding right. a lot of time. You will never die more often in the console version. Yeah, I can believe that too. Just because you're moving so much faster. Just because you have things? less control over your party. Yeah. 
Um, like you can't micro the way you can in the PC version. Right. But it does make for a different gameplay experience. It's much more like an action RPG on console than it is on PC. Sounds like that's what the new one's going to be entirely. I don't know what this game is. Uh, this guy, user Robo Hamburger, <laughs> says, I spent the first half of the summer in a Dwarf Fortress coma since Whoa, the new version crazy. of it came out. What is Dwarf Fortress? You've never seen Dwarf Fortress? No. no. I've never seen it. Oh, man, that game is crazy. How about you explain it to us quickly? Is that uh, that old ASCII game? Yeah, it's oh. uh, it's an ASCII. Oh. It's, yeah. Okay. Have you seen it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> No, it's it's actually extremely cool. The problem is is that it has a the worst fucking interface in the world. If if somebody could come in and give that game a UI makeover, then I would play the shit out of There's it. There's actually like a lot of different versions that are just that. Um, yeah, but I don't mean like just icons and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean like the actual keys that you use to do stuff oh. and the sub menus that you go through, it's badly designed mm. because it's the the crazy thing is that you know you there's just all these interacting systems that go along in the world while you're building your fortress with the dwarves and everything. And it's uh, it's sort of like, it goes to the level of like an empire building that I really enjoy, which, where it's super granular. And uh, and you can like assign different tasks for different people and you're trying to go your colony, blah, 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 blah. Like I won't get too far into it because it's such a deep game. You could talk about it forever and not be able to explain it. Um it's just that the menu has a lot of problems. But I wonder what like what new version he's talking about. If something came out recently, I might want to look I at it. I think, yeah, it must have been fairly recently. So, But yeah, I, I can totally see I can get sucked into that game if you can get past the, the UI. Um, all right. Did I want to read more? Or you... Yeah, no, I think so. We can do a couple more. Okay. It was just you told Matt to explain it quickly, so I wasn't sure how we were looking on time. It's because he just doesn't want me to go into <laughs> depth about it. True. Because <laughs> Arthur, as soon as he said ASCII, he was like, ah, fuck. Yep. Um, Arthur, look at what I did. He is a graphics whore. Totally. Chuck Diamond says, uh, I did buy a new video card today. Nice. What kind? Uh, 5850. Nice. So he really is a graphics whore. Oh, I'm kind of jealous, actually. Oh, me too. Uh, <laughs> I had to buy a new power supply, too, though. Of course. So this guy, Chuck Diamond, who apparently listens to our show, Good says, name. That, says that he's taking Very a... Good given name. that he's commenting on our website. He's, yes, <laughs> he's taking... Well, yeah. Um, he, Chuck but, Diamond. But he also is taking a full year off gaming starting from September of last year. So uh, he hasn't played any of these games that we've been talking about over the last year. Wow. Um, he's got a lot to catch up on. But he has been reading through the Takashi Kovacs trilogy. Nice. Good one. Um, now he you says, read he said Alter Carbon was good. The other two, not so much. So basically, I've got a game boner <laughs> as long as my leg. I can't wait to start. I can't wait to start gaming again. Batman Asylum, Arkham Asylum, oh, yeah. Assassin's Creed oh, yeah. 2, Mass Effect 2, Red Dead. Yep. Uh, to be honest, though, what I'm looking forward to the most are all the XBLA games I've been picking up when they come out on sale. Just remember that Crisis 2 is written by the guy who wrote those books. He says, above all, I'm thinking about playing Final Fight Double Infect. Really? Huh. You know what? That game came out and just sort of faded away. Super quickly. When did it come out? I feel like it came out in the middle of like other stuff. That I can't it came out like April? two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's the the online. They're just the final fight. It's yeah. just, just final, the final fight. fight HD, yeah. and then it's got Magic Sword okay. as well. Yeah. I know in the PS3 version, you have to be signed online to play that game. Right. Mm. A lot of people were pissed off yes. about that because it didn't make any mention of that in the <laughs> in the description of so it. So all these people bought it with the intention of doing the whole "I'll make an extra account and let a bunch of people install this on yeah. their PS3s" thing. <laughs> Man. And then got fucked for it. Yep. This uh, one guy's been doing something I always wanted to do. His name is Iron 
Lombax one. One. And he says, this summer I've been running quite a bit, trying to get ready for cross-country season. And recently my friends have taken up the sport of airsoft, so I've been playing quite a bit of that oh, as well. <laughs> I want to play airsoft so bad. You know, it's just like plastic BB guns. Let's do yeah. it. And shoot each Let's other. Let's make it happen. Yeah. yeah. It hurts like hell, as we all yes, know. but at least some of that pain will be directed at you. Let's do this. <laughs> Arthur just got progressively more aggro. No, no. I mean, I'm fully out. expecting to get shot in the balls at least once. <laughs> We're going to give this guy some. We're going to. I'm just going to start channeling Arthur's anger and make him into a boxing champion. I'm just going to sit there in a meat locker with Arthur punching a big old half pig. You're just holding the heavy bag, and I keep punching around it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just man, I've always wanted to play airsoft. I wish they'd had that shit when I was a little so let's kid. Let's do it. Um, he says I've also been playing the shit out of Fallout and trying to enjoy a lot of indie games in XBLA like Rad Games Joy Joy and Breath huh. of Death Seven. Haven't heard of either of those, but. I've heard of Breath of Death, but I haven't played it. Is the, I'm wondering if there's Breath of Death one through six, or if the guy just named it yeah. Breath of Death seven. Just I have no idea because it's an indie game, so why not? I'm gonna no take idea. a couple vacation days next week. He also says, uh, "P.S. On Tuesday. P.S. Hmm. I recently went to a Tool concert in Vancouver and really enjoyed it. Does that make me a douchebag? Makes you a Tool, <laughs> but I'm I don't know. Are you a douchebag? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to be a douchebag to like Tool. There are just a lot of douchebags who like Tool. <laughs> I, I like Tool. I just like there are a lot of douchebags that like Metallica and every other like super awesome band from the last 25 years. It's true. All right. Well, with that, that we know you're not, you could be a douchebag. But you might not be. But you might not be. I yeah. just had the most awful concert experience I've ever had at this whole show. Oh, I'm sorry. What happened? Uh, yeah, now you got it. It was a festival show, first of all. So when, when was this? Set, set the stage. This yeah. was uh in August of two thousand six. Okay, I, think. I thought this was um, recently. All right. Well, no, uh, I'm still interested in your story. <laughs> so in San Diego, they have this this like three day music thing called Street Scene. Yes, and I've it's gotten that, yeah. it's gotten bigger and bigger every year. And that year, they uh, I mean, they had huge bands times. like they had Queens of the Stone Age and AFI and. Uh, the Yeah Yeah Yeahs and Tool and a bunch of other huge bands like Snoop Dogg played it and a bunch of other bands played so it. So it was swarming. Right. And so the second, I think it was the second day, um, the morning they were before they were supposed to play a My Chemical Romance had some accident shooting their new video. So they had to cancel like Gerard or whatever like, like got lit on fire or the drummer did or something. I'm not making that up. One of the band members got lit on fire. Wow. Uh, so they had to cancel, and so the street scene people like rearranged a bunch of the acts, like because they had it separated into three different stages. They had like right. the sort of more indie alt rock stage. They had a heavier stage, and then they had like a hip hop stage. And mm-hmm. sort of like South by Southwest in Austin, where they like close off all of downtown. You can kind of just walk around the whole. Well, thing. they moved this to the parking lot of Qualcomm Stadium. Oh, which really? Is fucking enormous. Wow. Uh, anyway. So some genius at Street Scene thought it would be a good idea to have the Yeah Yeah Yeahs and Tool on the same stage uh-huh. like, with Yeah Yeah Yeahs before and Tool after. Uh-huh. So this is a festival show with a ton of alcohol. It's on blacktop. It's super hot all day. <laughs> uh, all these super drunken douchebag Tool fans are getting just hammered all day and waiting in line or like getting as close as they can to the front of the stage as quickly as they can the entire day waiting for tool. So meanwhile, they're heckling every band that goes on before tool. Cause in their retard douchebag mind, they think the 
I've said retard. I'm sorry. You're not tool. You suck. Uh, yeah. If you, they figure, well, if we can boo them and heckle them off stage faster than tool, we'll play sooner. <laughs> uh, so finally, like tools just waiting to get right, on stage. Exactly. So the AAS finally play, and they're actually pretty good uh, yeah. live. I'm not a huge fan, but they they definitely have a good show. But there's these assholes that are just like yelling tool super loud and just heckling them and like. They have those screens up where you can text them, like you can text a message to that mm-hmm. screen and get it displayed to everyone. Wow, else. really? Oh, what kind of no. concert is this? Uh, Bad idea. And so it's just like, yeah, 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 suck. Tool needs to come on, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> so the yeah, yeah, yeahs finish their set and leave, and all of a sudden this just like horde of meatheads surges forward and pushes all these other people up. That sounds like, against right. the divider. Yeah. Like crushing people. I've actually been one of those crushed people at a show before. And so that in and of itself is the most claustrophobic I've ever felt like because yeah. we're just getting crushed because we're not that far from the front. Uh, so Tool comes on and as soon as the opening like riff <sighs> comes on, like all these people just surge forward again trying right. to... These are the assholes that think they can muscle their way to the front from the back mm-hmm. as soon as the band comes on. Mm-hmm. Uh so people are getting hurt. They're getting crushed. There, there are people that are trying to squeeze their way out that can't. Uh, two songs in, the band stops playing and like tells people, "You guys need to step back. We're not going to start playing again until you step back." Uh, people didn't. They started playing again. Again, like people just started crushing forward, and I, I left after four songs. Mm-hmm. Like I, oh man, you love Tool. I love Tool. Uh, <laughs> I've seen Tool a few times, and I never thought that I would say I left a Tool show early. Right, but I left after four songs, and then I checked the news later that night, and like thirteen people were hospitalized, and one person's back was broken <sighs> by these idiots. Hmm. And honestly, every Tool show I've been to, there has been a very high idiot quotient. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, Nine Inch Nails was kind of bad too last time I saw them, but that that wasn't as bad. Like <laughs> Tool has definitely had the worst audience I've experienced at a show. Summer lesson. Yes. Don't be a douchebag at a concert. Right. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> don't be that fucking guy. Whenever I go to a concert, I always like to be kind of in the back. Yeah, I'm I don't tired like, of I don't, Yeah, I don't like to go on the front anymore. I just, yeah, like, I, uh, I just want to sit down. You do strike me as a bit of a lurker, Jim. <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> and on that, we're going to take a break. We'll come back with your letters about lurking people. So here's the uh, first question, first first uh, email. It's a question about going to a concert. That's oh, wow. Wow. Nice. I, I thought it led you off. It's too bad we had just had that long-ass conversation completely it's, off mic. It's from Wes, <laughs> and he says, In August, I will be going to see the Deftones, which is one of Ooh. my all-time favorite bands. Oh, yep. man. A new CD. They, I had a really bad experience. They the had Deftones. a deal for $150 that you could meet them before the show. My Whoa. question is that I have a guitar I bought eight years ago. Would it be cool to get them to sign it, even though it isn't the same kind of guitar that they play? Yes. I figure yes. this is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime thing, so I'm trying to make it as off mm. as possible. Yes, do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm Bring pretty your guitar. sure that uh, mm. Stephen yeah. Carpenter will be so stoned that he will barely be able to tell. <laughs> Not to mention, they play like 
like three thousand dollar guitars. You know, yeah, it's like they're no not going to be like. Not only that, but you don't know that they might not play other guitars like in the studio for different songs right. or like different guitars on stage. I don't, uh, I don't like getting autographs by bands. No. I feel like a weirdo doing that, but I understand the impulse. Well, especially if it's like it's a limited number of people getting to meet them before the show. You and know, he's you have a pretty good. For it. Yeah, yeah, he has a pretty good chance to like get it to, to, to me, make I, it happen. To me, it just seems like it makes more sense to get like your favorite album of theirs autographed. Yeah. Like, I don't see why you would want to carry your whole guitar to a show. I mean, like maybe if you got the uh, the B sides collection, that's like kind of kind of rare and kind of expensive. You get them to mm-hmm. sign that. I mean, the last autograph I got was of uh, Kojima's on Metal Gear 4. He signed the insert. Mm-hmm. On, so you can see it like when you open the case. Did he take nice. a really long time to sign it? Uh, no, it was uh, it was during the uh, New York event of the launch of the game. Did so the signature it, go on for far too long? It fit right underneath <laughs> the CD. So if, like, if you have the CD in the game, you can't see the signature until you pull Arthur's it out. Arthur's making a Kojima joke. The signature. Oh, oh, I get it. I see it. I see it, it wasn't a very good Kojima joke, but it was a Kojima I'll joke. Just, I'll just assume next time you ask me something that is being very sarcastic. sarcastic. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, I should so, have known better. So to answer the guy's question, no one here thinks that it... Of course, bring your time. No, yeah. You're paying $150. Yeah. So I don't know where you're going to put that after they sign it. I mean, well, it's before the show, right? Walk back out to your car. I guess. No. Drop your guitar off. Right. Um, and hopefully, when I saw them, the only time I ever saw them, like Chino got so drunk before they went on that he couldn't remember the words to yeah. his songs. <laughs> yeah, I've seen them like three times, and, and I've seen basically great to terrible. They have pretty right. bad substance abuse problems from what I understand. But maybe that's done like after the whole basis yeah, yeah, thing. Be. Maybe they've they've moved on with their lives. So Scott writes in and he says, Hello, I am a newer listener and was wondering what the origin of the relationship letter segment was. It's not really actually a relationship letter segment. It's just kind of we get a lot of those. Did you guys <laughs> put out a call for them? It's ostensibly a normal letter segment. Or did people just start asking you for some reason and you decided to roll with it? People started the latter. asking, right? Yeah, it happened like three or four weeks in. Like somebody wrote like a relationship letter. Just once letter. and we read it because we thought it was so It was hilarious that we I got th- one. Yeah. The genesis might have been the Chuff Love stuff from GFW. Right, and so maybe people started... I know we got a couple that it was like, why are we getting relationship advice? Yeah. And then once we answered one, it was like, well, people are like, here's like, a form open the for me to write. Yeah, right, open so. the floodgates. Uh, and he says, but here's his actual question. What's your thoughts on the Summer of Arcade titles? Uh, get a chance to preview them at some point. What do you think about all five of them being 1,200 points? So me, who has only played little bits of each, I like Limbo. Yeah, mm-hmm. Limbo's worth it. Mm-hmm. I, I like... Uh, and that's pretty much it. That's the only one I want. <laughs> what else is in there? Castlevania. Right. Uh, that, that looks kind of Castlevania. Weak. I don't know, actually. I thought that the people that played it seemed to like it okay. at E3. Um, it's a fighting I love, game, right? I love the look of it. No, it's the a no, cooperative, the, uh, the cooperative side-scrolling yeah. Castlevania game. Which but it's, is not, it's not a traditional, like, not the type of game. It's Metroidvania. But isn't it more arcade kind of? No, no. It, it is full on like a Metroidvania game, but you, all six players can go anywhere they want in the map. Huh. And then I didn't know that. That is amazing. Yeah. Well, it's because um, oh, I can't remember the name. But we we shot an interview with uh, fuck. I can't remember his name. Igarashi. Yes, we shot an interview with Igarashi. Did he have his cowboy hat? Yeah, this guy's cowboy hat on. Yeah, and uh, he was saying that like it came from he was just playing around with bit art and he loved the way that bit art looked in HD resolutions. So he was like, well, what if you basically had an entire uh, like classic Castlevania game on an HD screen? You could fit the entire map on one screen if you just reduced it down to single pixel bit art. 
And so, like, he was like, well, if I have this giant map on the screen, I can put a whole bunch of characters on the screen, so let's just let six people play simultaneously. Right. Um, uh, I don't think it has... So it's that? Lara Croft. Yeah, Hydro Lara Croft Thunder, Lara yeah. So Limbo and Lara Croft, those are the two I really Lara want. Croft looks kind of cool. I um, played it, yeah. I, I remember I saw a video of that. This is the 2D, like, iso- isometric... It's like the diablo It's like the, yeah. Yeah. It's like the saw, Baldur's Gate games. Yeah, I saw yeah, a video of this, of, the, of it being played. I was like, what game is this? Is which Lara is totally Croft. cooperative, yeah. which could be the thing that makes it cool. Exactly. Um, it looks yeah. good, too, looks, for what it is. Yeah. There are a lot of um, physics-based puzzles. and As far as Hydro Thunder, I can't say, I can't give an opinion on that game until Monday morning. Mm. But I would strongly suggest you check out my review on Monday. Well, and, the, and all these things have demos, too. So What else is there? There's a... Monday Night just Combat. Yeah, Monday, Night Combat. Monday Night Combat looks really fucking cool, and a lot of people really liked it at PAX. Mm. So. Yeah, that's the last one, I think, that comes out. It is. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Limbo man, and Lara Croft is the only two. I feel sorry for that game coming out like near the end of August or at the beginning of September. Yeah. It's like, sweet guys, here we are. Oh, wait, Halo Compared Reach is a week away. Last year, Summer of Arcade <laughs> excited me more. I, I've, I've been... I was sort of the, the idea that every Summer of Arcade has been getting worse and worse than the last one. I mean, I think last year, if you were, if you never bought them, you should still go back and get Explosion Man and Shadow Trials. Complex, right? And a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people really like Shadow Complex. That's specific. That's definitely like if you own an Xbox 360, you have to buy that game. Like in my opinion, I think you should own Trials. That's the one. I have ethical quandaries with Shadow Complex. Um, Let's not discuss them now. Then, well, we've discussed them at Infinitum on the podcast. So this is the podcast where you can talk about that stuff if you want to. Kirk writes in. And he says, "I am 16 years old and going to be a junior in high school this upcoming year. During the summer, I've got my first girlfriend. My problem is that I'm flat out broke and don't have a job." Do you guys have any suggestions you know for fun feels. dates that well, are cheap? Don't have a girlfriend then. <laughs> they, cost money, they cost money. So not necessarily when you're in high school. Dude, uh, make her mixtapes then. Right? It's actually easier to have a girlfriend on no money with no money as an adult than it is in high school. Come over, school, watch movies. I don't know. Get her to play some video games with you. Make you, out. Making out <laughs> is cheap. Um, you know what always works? Like uh, it sounds really cliche, but seriously, like take her for long walks on the beach. And if you don't have a beach, take her to the walks, park or even just long walks. Playgrounds at night. Playgrounds at night totally work. Hmm. Yeah. But parks are great. Like I've I have yet to meet a girl that doesn't like time in the park. Um, what the hell was that? Just that was his phone. phone. Throw my phone so it wouldn't it wouldn't you know mess up any of the sound. Um, I haven't heard anything from your phone. So, I'm just going to read this one because it says, is this wrong? That's, that, <laughs> that's the name of the subject title. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My name is yeah. Lucas, and I'm a senior in high school. A couple weeks ago, I asked out a girl, and she said she would go out with me, but wants to wait until she gets back from vacation for the summer. Now, here's where this gets interesting. <laughs> a friend of mine has a cousin who was in town for a few weeks, and we've been hanging out and flirting, and she's definitely into me. So my question is... Should I get with this girl and get some much-needed practice until the other girl gets back on vacation? Is the cousin uh, only going to be around for the summer? She's just around for a few weeks. Also, yeah, should yeah. I, I even consider myself in a long-distance relationship with a yes. girl, or am I free to do what I want? Do it. Wait, you're wait, wait. You, you consider you yourself in a long-distance relationship? No, no, he's asking. I, you didn't make any commitment to her. No, you didn't. You haven't even gone out on a date with her. No, you have no commitment to Unless you guys made a commitment. Exactly. Right? I mean... <laughs> do it. Yep. He's, he's a senior high school, Arthur. Do it. Cut him some slack. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm cutting him slack. I, I just... Do it. If you didn't make a commitment to this other girl, do it. Agreeing to go on a date is not a, is not a monogamous I think his, hesita- his hesitation is born from wanting to have his cake and eat it, too. Like, he right. wants well, to I hook mean, up with this girl, but he also doesn't want to ruin the chances he has with the new girl. Exactly. I think he actually likes the other girl, but he's also a senior in high school, incoming senior, and he's like, swing, 
<laughs> um, I mean, how do you know that she's not like boning dudes in every state? Exactly. You don't. In fact, sh- just assume that she is. <laughs> okay. Just remember, no gloving, no loving. <laughs> um, Truth. Okay. My name is Phil. <laughs> and I'm an 18-year-old guy from Ireland. I like where this is going. I've never had a girlfriend. That's not to say I haven't done anything, but there's a really hot girl who came to my school from Belgium at the start of the year. Ooh, Belgium. Her bus stop is on the way to my house, so we walk home together most days. I really like her, and I've tried to play it cool so far just to gauge her interest. She mentioned once she is not into any Irish guys, but she is really flirty with me. (laughs) I am quite nervous to properly ask her out, as there was an incident where my friend's girlfriend went and asked her out for me without telling me. The girl I like was not happy about this. No. And called me immature for not asking myself. Yeah. Even though I had no knowledge of the of what was going on. What do you guys think I should do? We had a big fight after it, but I patched our friendship up. However, I don't think things are the same. Well, if he if you explained it to her and she's still upset with you, then you don't want to go out with her. Yeah, I think you you're you sort of fucked up your chances. Like your well, chance your was when got fucked your up. friend fucked up. No, your chances. when she confronted you and said, "I think it's really immature for you to have that happen," and you said, "I didn't do that," that would have been your chance to say, "But I would love to go out with you." Yeah, exactly. That's what and you should have done. Unfortunately, timing is a big part of these kinds of things, and yeah. the, the time has passed. You are in the friend zone, <laughs> and that's where, you're, where you'll stay. It's hard to, <laughs> and it is hard. To acknowledge that that's where you'll stay, and as much as you'll yeah, fight it, right. you don't want me to. And Matt are here to tell you, especially that. Man, you're fuck, whatever. dude, I have definitely been in the fucking friend zone. Mm-hmm. Like, I can think of two girls in particular that I just went straight into the friend zone with, <laughs> <laughs> and I pined for those girls. <laughs> like one of those girls, I pined for from the time I was like fifteen to nineteen. Yeah, there's definitely a, a time when you're a teenager until you're like in your. Well, depending on how immature you are, you, you do a lot grow, of good pining. Yeah, you should grow out of it when you're in your like early twenties. Yeah, it's like so, it's like a form of self punishment. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's stupid. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this question. This is sort of an impromptu question here with the, about this. So, say you like you like this girl, right? Mm-hmm. And Jim's giving us a relationship. Say Jim player. likes this girl. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, and you, no, it's my friend. <laughs> you you know she's single, but you want to ask her if she's single, right? Right? Yeah. right? Do you know she's single, but you want to ask her yeah. if she's single? Why just, do you need to ask so her? Just so you know, know that you that you know that that she knows that you don't know that she's single. Uh huh. Huh? That makes sense. How would you do it? Well, you already know. You just ask her, "Are you single?" She right. says yes. I didn't. I wouldn't. No. 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 no if Last know. time I did it, I, I was like, I was like, oh, so where do you live? Oh, do you live there with like with the okay? Uh, let's let's assume that she's drunk. Okay. <laughs> Let's assume that she's drunk. All right, we're assuming she's here's, drunk. Not, not here's what I, I mean, like, she so comprehends what I'm saying. The way that I'm thinking about it is like in terms of like the way s- some of the different subcultures speak in the wire with each other, whereas they say things without saying things. Yeah. Okay. In other words, that, so, absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to ask her if she's single. You just need to let her know that you know that she's single. What if she's drunk and you're both holding hands? <laughs> then that's, I mean, well, right. then that she already... generally when you go in for the kill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At that point, she already assumes 
that you think she's single. Yeah, that's exactly. where you find out what yeah. she tastes like after drinking Captain Morgan. But what if, what if you ask her? Um, what if she? What if she asks? Are you asking me out? You what, say yes. Damn. Sure, I think is a good one. Like, cause yes makes. I think yes can sound a little desperate, even though that's. What not if you're you afraid if she's drunk and you say yes? She doesn't really understand what's kind of going on. How about you say, "I would love to take you out when you're, when you're not drunk," or some like more smooth variation of that that doesn't sound quite so so forced. No, I say you just take advantage of the situation. I say, man, yeah. I can't do well, it. Well, it's clearly too late now. So next <laughs> no, question. No, it's, it's not too late. <laughs> How long ago was this hypothetical situation? This hypothetical situation was like two months ago. Oh, you're fucked. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's too long ago. Well, wait. Well, I don't know. I do you still know, talk? Do you talk to her? No. Oh uh, no. Does she work here? Next, next email. <laughs> <laughs> next email. Here we go. I mean, you know what? You know what you could do. Honestly, I'm not gonna ask stuff like let's that. Let's find out honestly. Like, Jesus. if you don't think she's with anybody, and this was a couple months ago, you could just say, "Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Do you want to go it's with over. me? It's over. It's over. To right. such and such. It's over. <laughs> not necessarily. I think in this case, it might not be. If she's if she's still single. Yeah. True, but there's always the chance of rejection, and if you are looking to minimize the chance of rejection in every situation, then you might want to steer clear because there's a chance. It's over. (laughs) Two months, man. We're moving on. We're moving on because difficult. difficult. We're moving on because you want to move on. (laughs) All right. Thanks for last week's show. I really enjoyed it. I'm not 100% sure about David Clayman's wife being a vice. But it might work. <laughs> I don't think Dave Clayman is 100% sure about it. Anyways, <laughs> contrary to the Chandranay hate mail, I really enjoy Matt's contribution to the show and find him to be a valuable addition wow. to the regular team. I Aww. actually wrote the hate with, mail letter. With that in mind, I have a couple questions for Matt. Uh oh. Does he ever seem. This may be a mistake. Does he ever see a time when XBLA and PSN titles will have a similar pricing structure to the Apple App Store? i.e. $2 games? Uh, I don't know. Because they're done by big publishers. You know, it's like you have Microsoft and Sony overlooking well, Plus, Microsoft that. is taking a cut too, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if it was like like uh, community games, or now Xbox indie games, are kind of the closest thing that exists on consoles to the App Store model, you know, where anybody can do it and they can just put it up with a minimal amount of... with a minimal <laughs> approval process... But, yeah. All right, so the other question, I don't even... uh... (laughs) I'm really excited to hear this. If Uh Matt had to make out (laughs) with any other member of the Rebel... Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay. Yeah, moving on. Oh, what's your answer? No, what's your answer? All of you. (laughs) Who would it be and why? Same time. No, you dirty slut. You have to pick. Is tongue involved? I don't know. You're about to hurt three other people's feelings here. (laughs) (laughs) Two words. Human centipede. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know what that means. You don't want asked mouth. Just when you get home, oh. when you get home tonight, look up human centipede. Um, ask to mouth to ask to mouth to ass. Yep, to mouth to ass. So to let's see, you got a few to emails toilet. that were positive about David Clayman. A lot of people like Dave from last week. Yeah, Dave. Was we awesome really like Dave. Well, yeah, course, Dave Clayman on Rebel FM. Yeah, yeah. last week. What was this? Last, last week. week here. Here. Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know he, that. He's fucking I'll play go back. Oh yeah, Dave. Speaking of which, uh, actually, we shouldn't talk about that. He's like funnier than the. Th- I mean, he said it on three red lights. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, he's leaving. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, a lot I think he mentioned it on Rebel FM mm-hmm. last week too. Yeah, he did. A lot of people really loved him. Yeah, um, he was fucking awesome. That's why. Okay. He's our boss, and we're going to miss him. 
He's our, not out- my boss. our outgoing. Well, he's me and Arthur's outgoing. I'm my own boss. Um, bitches. Okay. Your boss is a jerk. Tom writes in, <laughs> and he says, uh, Dave was hilarious, and it made a refreshing difference to have the letter section be completely derailed. Uh, <laughs> says, okay, anyways, a question. Over a couple of years, I've been getting heavily into other sides of gaming outside of video games, such as board and card games, uh, pen and paper games, dice games, and I was wondering, Nerd. I was wondering, do you play anything else other than video games? Hmm. Uh, Not so much anymore. I play Warhammer occasionally. No, you're talking about Warhammer t- Tabletop? Tabletop. Okay, I used to play 40K Tabletop back in the day. I used yeah, to have I mean, this huge table in my basement. I was nice. like a god and my friends. No Everyone kidding. would come to my house to play. <laughs> yeah, we'd do that at my friend's house. I used Ian's to have house. this amazing scenery. Like, all was awesome. Yeah, see, was, I recently had a Warhammer weekend, but if, if I'm not playing with my friends, I'm basically not playing Warhammer. Right. So. I played the fuck out of D&D when I was in high school. I, I played a lot of Magic, too. I've never played D&D. A lot of Magic the Gathering. Oh, you've never played D&D? I know. Dude, we've got to do this. I'll do an adventure just I've for you, I've never Anthony. played D&D. Oh, did you DM? I DM'd, yeah. Yeah, see, I've always wanted to play D&D. Yeah. Um, I will the, infuriate you as a the, player. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my, my friends and I, we came up with this one um, board game hybrid called Taboo Pictionary. Uh-huh. And so we play Taboo, and then when you get on the wild squares, it's a round of Pictionary. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Delete that from the show, Arthur. We're going to sell this. <laughs> I, would, I think Jim and I should uh, should try to get together a game of Transformers Monopoly. Oh, <laughs> shit. That'd be great. Wow. Yeah. Or, I mean, what are Hillary like, sent me a picture of that from Comic-Con. Oh, wow. Is that uh, G1? I have no fucking idea. If it's idea. G1, it then definitely no. looked like it was. Use John instead of money. Let me see. I'll see if I can find. It's not G1. Then I'm not playing that. I'm not uh, playing that shit. Can you like transform into a vehicle and I have skip, no skip properties? Idea. Hmm. One would hope. But yeah, uh, the last the last time I played a game that wasn't video games uh, was when I went down to Orange County with some of my friends. But uh, the one that like sticks out the most to me is last year. These same friends we were playing a D and D game. My friend Chris was DMing and. They were all around a table oh, there in Orange totally County. Nice. Yes, they were around right. a table in Orange County, and I was uh, playing via webcam, and it totally works. Really? Totally works. I heard the thing about uh, Fourth Edition is that they added in a ton of like online stuff, but you need a membership to do it. Like it's a monthly. Yeah, fee. yeah. Fuck that. You don't need it. All you need is a webcam and have both people have the books. That's all you need. <laughs> Fucking only Wizards of the Coast would try to do a subscription model D and D game. Know. You know what I want to start doing at the office? Start getting uh, Stratego. I mean, I played that game. I have. I definitely Stratego. want Stratego, but I want the uh, Civil War. Um, oh yeah, themed one, not the the Knights War of eighteen twelve or whatever. Yeah, I want that one, not the yeah. That's not the, the one my friend and, and I one. used to play the Civil War one all yeah. the time. Wait, yeah, there's a the Knights it. and Orcs strategy. Or, what it, fucking it's a Shiga with like a medieval one? I yeah. don't like that shit. I want the Civil War one. Yeah, it's like tough to find. So. I, well, wow. it was more like Napoleonic Wars. Right. Oh, I don't know, but they had like you know admirals and whatever. All, right. But right, now right, the, yeah. the medieval ones like knights and shit. I don't want that. Yeah. When I find a Civil War one or whatever, yeah, I'm definitely bringing that in the office. Cool. I have a Kinetic Four or not Kinetic Four. Guess who? Uh, but I don't know. No one really likes guest food but me. So. Uh, maybe a girl that was holding your hand two months ago mm-hmm. might like it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Mike writes in and he says, You're mean. As a, as a recent vegetarian of three months, I'm still trying to find ways of incorporating more protein in my diet. I currently eat a good amount of yogurt, blah, 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 blah. But eating up tofu, and while I don't think it tastes bad, uh, I'm having tofu is gross. I'm having trouble giving no, it some not. flavor. I think tofu is great, but it is hard to give it flavor. He says, Do you know any good recipes for tofu? I'm going to tell you an excellent website to find uh, awesome tofu recipes. It's, Do it. It's G-O-O-G-L-E dot com. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck, man? 
It is so easy to find Tofu recipes. <laughs> I was like, wait, what is that? Sp- <laughs> hey, what is that? I, I missed it. What is it? G O O G O E dot com. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I could tell a split second before you said it when it, it made sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick, but you can just. No, you're kind of trying to be. Just a dick. look up tofu. I think he's asking for your specific sure. recommendations. Soy rizo. Honestly, is an awesome I, yeah, I don't flavor tofu myself. If I'm gonna make tofu, I'll buy like baked tofu that's already been flavored. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dude, trying soy to get sauce. the way. I mean, the way that they fry the batter on them, like at restaurants, I can. I've never been able so to replicate the, the that. The easiest way I've seen people make good flavored tofu is you get like the. The thickest tofu you can find. Yeah. And then you cover it in And cheese. then you freeze it. <laughs> and then after it's frozen, you unfreeze it. And then while it's partially thawed, you squeeze all the water out. And then you leave it and you let even more water go out with the soaking paper towels. And then you fry it. And it'll pick up more flavor that way. That's what I've been told. Mm. Is- I, I, think, I think it does fine if you just like take that shit right out of the fridge, plop it in a pan with some soy sauce and just like stir fry it up. And the soy sauce soaks right in. I had a vegetarian orange chicken. Yeah, Japanese. It's pretty good. Yeah, cool. that's not tofu though. There's oh, oh, what is it? No. What is it? It's it's, it's a bunch of stuff. It's either yeah. we, either wheat gluten or seitan. Okay. Yeah, it was good. It's great. I mean, but it's just like yeah, with cooking straight up tofu, it's a little challenging. It's death it to Dave Clayman. Um, <laughs> so here's a here's a question you He's can answer. He's gluten intolerant. I'm a beginning painter with no formal training, wanting to become more active with it. What kind of paint and equipment should I look to get? From Ooh, Dan. There's so much personal taste involved in um, it. If you want to be a serious painter, quote-unquote, I would start with acrylics. And if you don't have any art background, then you should... They're a good... Uh, I mean, you, I, I am of the opinion that you need to have a good foundation in drawing before you can be a good painter. Me too. Um, so that means composition and value... Uh, and then from, from value and composition, you can work your way up to tone and color. Um, but I look for books on Amazon about color theory and, and composition and just beginning drawing and do the fucking exercises. Don't skip them. And don't start with watercolor. So I, Watercolor is, is hard. That's really, yeah. I was going to say, you paint with those when you're a little kid and just make mangled. Yeah. Well, no, it's like everybody color. always says, like, just get some watercolors. Well, they say that because they're cheap, but it's not the best medium to start learning with. Right. I if you want to learn think. how to use color and you're just coming off of using pencils, Prismacolors are a good intermediate step because they're the only color pencil with really rich colors. Um, I'm going to read this one. I don't even know what it is. Why are you looking at me? But I'm going to read it and I'm going to read the guy's full name. Uh-oh. Because his full name is Ryan Scott. Oh. <laughs> wow. Ryan Scott writes in. <laughs> he says, I currently write for GameSpy.com. <laughs> but unlike most of your listeners, I'm okay without having a girlfriend. My problem is with a friend of mine. I hang out with a group of four people. Me, two girls, one guy. They're all really good friends of mine, but the other guy and a girl recently started dating. Because of this, he doesn't want me texting her, calling her, or hanging out with her while he's not there. Bullshit. I tried to convince him that I'm not some jerk who would make a move on his girlfriend, but he wouldn't listen. He's not your friend. I also would like to mention that there's never been any sexual moments between the girl and I. We're just really good friends. Should I let it go and accept the fact that I can't talk or hang out with my friend? Or do I tell him he's really being controlling and that I can't hang out with anybody I want to? The latter. Yeah. I, and I, you may end, you may end up losing both of them though. You got to realize that you need to figure you need to prioritize, figure out what's important to you, and go from there. Like if her friendship is super important to you, then yeah, I mean, what does she think about that? Well, either if way, she's really good friends with you. That's got to piss her off too. If they're not really good friends, then maybe you should just skip out on the drama. Either well, either way, he's he's losing that friendship. You know, at least one friendship. At least one friendship. Yeah, either way. 
So it's like, as far as I'm concerned, the, the, that other guy's being a douchebag. You have also advocated that you are totally fine being the other guy, sir. It's true. It depends on the situation, of course. But I'm, but I'm saying, like, you, you, you don't get to tell your significant other who they can and can't have as that friends. That's true. Absolutely. You don't get to do that. Especially if it's a guy saying that to a girl. I mean, that's, like, even worse. You should fight him. I'd fight him. Yeah, fight him. <laughs> Jim Riley, everybody. Scott Pilgrim on his ass. Um, all right, I'll do. Let me see. I'll do one more. Um, I think I got one today. I don't know why people are sending them to me specifically. Okay, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna read this one. It's not even a real letter, but I. <laughs> I just want to read it again because it's about Matt. What? Matt Chandernay is the name. It's Matt Chandernay, all caps with an exclamation point. Is the subject from PJ? Oh. And he says. If you would like to hear a perfect example of Matt Chandonet's persistent laughter, see the Spike Jones Charlie Kaufman film adaptation, starring Nicolas Cage. See the scene immediately following Charlie telling his brother Donald not to laugh and be an asshole. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Apparently, that sounds exactly like Matt. Uh oh. So everyone should go do that and uh, don't write us about it. Maybe that should be on the on the uh, Rebel FM soundboard app. Um. <laughs> Here, I'll, uh, do you do you have one, Arthur, or should I read one while you find it? Uh, read one while okay. I find it, while I try to log on. Wingman question. I've remained close friends with about half a dozen guys that I met in college. Since graduating, it, most of us have found ourselves either engaged or in serious relationships. Nice. One friend, however, remains a virgin in his mid-twenties. Remains a virgin. <laughs> his name is Anthony Gagos. <laughs> when we go out to a bar, it usually becomes our priority to help our friend meet women. However, we've been doing this for over five years now, and still no luck. That's because it actually puts extra pressure on him in a situation where he's already nervous. Is the role of wingman different at 25 than it was at 20? Are we hindering the process? Do I need to shower him into Matt? This sounds like the premise for a mid-90s TGI Friday sitcom. (laughs) It just sounds sounds like a romantic comedy right now. Tom never had any luck with the women. (laughs) (laughs) And his friends always tried to help him out. Tom, you just can't get laid. (laughs) While he sat back and watched all his friends score big. Until one day he happened to bump into just the right girl who understood him. Oh, you like D&D? I like D&D too. Coming this summer. Anyways. (laughs) That was good. I just feel this killing rage building within me right now. Arthur, do you have a question? Uh, I do. This is from uh, JF. He says, uh, with your recent announcement that 1 vs. 100 will be dropped by Microsoft... What would you guys like to see on Xbox Live Primetime? Another game show or maybe something completely new? I remember from the first Natal montage, we see a family playing a sort of version of the family feud. Have you guys heard anything about it, or was it just another montage to show what Kinect will be capable of? Pretty sure that was just a montage. Yeah, yeah that was just a montage. Family um, feud was the show that always had the guy that kissed everyone, right? Yep. <laughs> Richard kissed Dawson. all the ladies. Yeah. I don't want to play it unless someone's kissing on me. <laughs> 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 And then didn't Louis Anderson host Family Feud for a little he while? He did. Oh, I think Drew Carey does now. Or, yeah, or maybe Carey. he does Price is Right. For Drew Carey does Price is Right. He does Price is Right. Um, but didn't, I'm pretty sure he did Family Feud he did. for a little he while, did. too. Yeah. Uh, I think the elements of 1 versus 100 are being folded into the uh, the ESPN3 stuff they were showing at E3. Really? Where people can can have group quizzes and do like game show type things during uh, sports games. EA had something like that for a while too. It was like a huh. game show you could do with they had live announcers all the time. 
Hmm. I remember they showed that like two years ago. I just feel like ESPN3 is enough of a name brand that oh, yeah, I totally. could help get off the ground more. Um, mm. All I know when they when they announced that one vs. 100 was going off air, that the team who was ever making that is making something else. I, was gonna say, I, mean, I know a lot of people. I'm pretty sure it was, or they're doing something else right. related. Something I never so. played it, but people always told me it was really fun. Yeah, I, I always meant to and never got around to it. Well, I just it was. I think it costs too much to run a live show that way, um, and host a hundred thousand people at once. Mm. <laughs> God damn. Uh, you can write in with your letters to letters at e-sleep-game.com. You can also find us all on Twitter. I'm Chuff Money on Twitter. Matt is Talking Orange. Tyler is Dirty Tea Like the Drink. Arthur is A E G I S. And you are just Jim Riley, right? Jim Riley. Yeah. All one word. Yep, no space. All right. Jim you Riley. spell Riley. I've seen it spelled R-E-I-L-L-Y. a couple times. R E I L L Y. Like a good Irish boy. Yep. <laughs> What's up, Tyler? Is one last thing. You can catch me uh, a guest spot on the Rumble Pack podcast with a few friends of the show. Nice. We were also both on three red lights this week. Yes, we were. You can also hear us from there. The only reason I was on was because I came down to tell Anthony that he was late for a meeting. <laughs> tagged in. All right. That's all. That's all you guys get. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thanks for coming, Jim. Thank you. Go forth and make back parts.